What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Boom. All right, y'all. What is everyone watching today? Uh, you know, I've got some trades out there. Not doing too hot today, but um, I don't know. I might just trim all my, my positions, at least the options positions heading into the weekend because um, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to hold those positions in the weekends unless I, unless they're, they're very high conviction or more or more swing plays. Um but yeah, I mean, so yesterday we, we, we got that hot inflation number in the morning. Um, it, and it looked like the markets were kind of brushing it off. But today we might be getting that, you know, delayed reaction, right? Qs are now down over a percent right now. You compare that to the SPY. Uh, SPY is only down about half a percent. So tech's getting a, hit, hit, tech is getting hit a little harder um, than, than your overall market right now, which... Uh, that's what you can expect when we have when we have inflation running hot like this. So um, I'm not looking for tech to make any huge moves until we until we get some more clarity on the rate hikes. Um, let me go ahead and okay. Now I can finally see the chat catching up with it. How is everyone doing? What up, Easy Mike? What up, Shelly? What up, Tom? MySpace. Um, Tom's saying he's got th SoFi strikes for next week let's go ahead and get the sofi chart pulled up let me get my benzinga pro up and again if you guys don't have benzinga pro this is what we're using on the show every day for pretty much everything we need to do in terms of seeing any news on a stock looking at the chart stock and if you haven't checked out benzinga pro free two-week trial all you have to do is go to pro.benzinga.com um sorry right, let me get my my benzinga pro pulled up um i don't know can you guys hear Spencer? Spencer, tell, everyone, tell, Spencer can take Spencer. If you want to take a second, you can. You could take us. I mean, Spencer. Just, I, I just did took a second. All right, I took four seconds, and now I'm here. Well, now Spencer's here. <laughs> I just wanted to let him know that if he wanted to keep, uh, Tom. That I mean, look, look looking at SoFi's chart. Wait, Tom cannot be trusted. Tom. Tom took the money and ran. Yeah, but that that was th those were still kind of the you know. Internet wild, wild west days. Yeah, actually, you know what? That's true. Tom, the alternative was turning into a Zuckerberg, and Tom didn't do that. So, you know what? Go, Tom. We, should be, we whole, should be more like Tom. one of the MySpace guys, also one of the Napster guys? Really? Tom, Tom, can you, can you speak to this? I don't know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't recall anything about Napster being involved in MySpace, but... Um, it's wait. Good. What's funny is Justin Timberlake in real life like bought Napster, but didn't he play the Napster guy in the Social Network? Um, yeah. He, well, well, he played. Um, uh, oh shoot, what's what's his name? He played uh, Sean Parker. Yeah, yeah, Napster guy, right? Um, but then in real life, T Timberlake bought MySpace or not MySpace, or maybe he did buy MySpace. No, he didn't. He bought Napster? I don't know. I know he, I don't think he bought MySpace. So I think AOL bought MySpace. You hear Tom? I'm so glad that we can change your life like that. That's awesome. Um, no, you were just talking about Benzinga Pro, right? Were you going to go on SoFi for a minute, or, or were you going to just well, go more? My, Tom um, MySpace yeah. said he's got uh, 13 
dollar calls. Thirteen dollar strike for well, he he said thirteen dollar strike. I don't know if he means for next week. If he means puts or calls, but we're sitting right at thirteen right now, like twelve ninety. Um, but looking at this chart, I mean, you can see mixed in the past week or so, but still, we've we've made this move from about eleven fifty up to about thirteen, so a dollar and a half move. You can see more green than red in the past few days, so it does look like. I mean, th- this chart zooming out on SoFi's chart, it's so. It's so symmetrical, right? You've got this big top here, came back down, top again in the middle, and then here another one. So I'm not surprised to see SoFi get crushed down like this. But what I will say is it does look like for at least right now, we've kind of found a bottom in here. We've kind of been trading sideways, consolidating. It seems like SoFi doesn't really want to dip uh, that much that much more below $12. So I don't hate this, this move right now. Again, I, Tom, I'm not hanging on to really any of my options positions over the weekend. Um, let me see. Um, speaking of, oh, Mike's watching the Olympics. Spencer, did you catch uh, uh, Sean White's last run last night? No, I actually didn't. I, I I know he fell. Yeah, but I think I I haven't. I have been very. This has not been a very easy Olympics to watch. Are you boycotting it? <laughs> I. I not intentionally. I okay. I, I'm just like I love the Winter Olympics, and yet I'm not into it. Like right now, I'm not. Maybe it's it, it's because I tried watching it and it, I don't have Peacock. Maybe like that's it. You have to get Peacock. To, how are you watching it? Are you just pirating? You no, I have and uh, NBC. I I have NBC too, but like you only get like the one thing they they I don't know. I just haven't. I've seen highlights. I saw Michaela Schifrin um, crash out twice. That was horrible. Oh, easy, Mike. Spin on C. That's true. They've been preempting Kramer. Um, I don't know. Maybe just like I don't have a good reason for it. I just haven't been into it. So I know to answer your question, I did not see Sean White last night. Well, I wasn't really watching, but my buddy texted, or you know, in like a group chat, I mean, my buddy was texting and was like, "Sean White's about to make his last run ever," and I was like, "Oh, I got to turn that on." So I turned it on and spent like. 30 minutes waiting for him to make his final run and yeah. he finally did and he they, fell so it was a, it was a little that. bit disappointing yeah um but speaking of uh speaking of disappointing what about my portfolio today hey hey Ba-doom-tsh. be here all week i was gonna say speaking of uh mentioning we were talking about myspace tom being uh <laughs> why, why isn't this working rohan dude the, the, the stream deck like Works one day, not the next. It makes no sense at all. It's, it's finicky, fickle. Yeah. Okay. Um, what I was gonna say is, is speaking of when we were speaking of MySpace, Tom and I mentioned. Uh, yeah. Sean White. Uh, how did we get on this this tangent? Sean White, we got on the tangent. How did we get on the Sean White tangent? Someone said some. Oh, Easy Mike said he's watching the Olympics. Um, I was gonna say, speaking of um, Wild Wild West Internet days. Uh, did you see the FTX guy, Sam Bankman-Fried's, like, testimony to Congress? No. Why am I so far behind the times here? So Sam, f- this guy is, like, my favorite guy right now. Sam, you know he's, like, you think he's, like, your age. No, he's not. He's, like, 29. He's, like, 29. What's his name? Sam Friedman. Sam, Bank- Sam Bankman-Fried. Bankman-Fried. Um, this is, all right, look at this shit. Um he literally, while he was, like, starting FTX, would, like, sleep on the floor at work. Yeah, you got to be – wait, can you bring up your screen? Oh, I thought I 
Wait, what's this? Is that him? Yeah, he's like, that's his desk. Like, that's his battle station. He's got, like, four monitors. And instead of leaving the office, he would just sleep at the office. Like, take, like, na- like two-hour naps and then keep working. Um, but, yeah, so he... I mean, this Dude. guy is uh, just, like, a killer. Like, he... What's his net worth? I mean, he's worth, like... He's a billionaire. He... Oh, he's, a, he's a billionaire. He's worth $22 billion. So, anyway, but but my... My point in bringing this up was I was surprised because most people in his space that are that are like crypto entrepreneurs, yep. they are very against the idea of any any type of like government regulation in the crypto space. And it's kind of uh, regulation in the crypto space is kind of antithetical to the whole idea of decentralized finance, right? It, it, decentralized finance, the idea of is it is that the people have control, not a government or not a regulating agency. Um, but Sam uh, Bankman-Fried basically w- went to Congress or, or testified and said, um, we should have more crypto regulations. I think he's seen over the past year, two years, more and more scams, rug pulls, um, et cetera, come up. And I mean, we just we just saw with the with the crocodile at Wall Street. Um, so he's basically saying he wants he wants a larger role in the government being able to regulate crypto to protect crypto traders that may have gotten burned by some of these uh, wow. scam things. So I think, wow, right. And I, and I, and I do think it's important seeing someone like him who holds that much weight come in and, and say, Hey, you know, I know everyone in the crypto space doesn't want regulations. He's regulation as a dirty word, but maybe we need some. So he's kind of be a, being a proponent of that outspoken in his own community we'll see if if he he then gets ostracized within the crypto nah, community d- doubt it uh, i don't think he will because he's he's like the biggest i mean between uh you have michael saylor you have yeah they're different different uh i think they have different um levels of cachet michael saylor is more of like a rah-rah bitcoin guy and same bank free is more of like a i'm gonna like disrupt the world guy Maybe I don't know. Ooh, uh, easy, Mike. Wait, can I was about to go to that. Is that where you were going? No. Oh, easy, Mike. Okay, fine. Well, let's address this. Yesterday on the show, Vivi the Bio Queen was doing as she does. She was pounding the table on sends s e n s. Well, they're having themselves a day. I wouldn't call it a good day, but they're having a day nonetheless. So uh, here's the news. You don't even have to go to a news feed. It's right here. It's in our little why is it moving box. Uh, they're down because the company issued sales guidance below the estimate. That's all you need to know. Um, look, to be honest with you guys, I find the biotech space incredibly difficult to participate in this is one of the reasons that we brought vivian in the first place was because she has more fundamental knowledge than certainly i have zero now fundamental knowledge of the space at all um doesn't mean she's always right but like you know we we saw i think i don't forget who was that connected with her maybe it was you or jason aaron but um you know she seemed to like like have her like ear to the ground for for biotech so um, that being said, it's a ridiculously hard space to play in. Um, so I hope she's doing okay today on SCNS. I'm sure she's doing fine because her, her favorite stock, which is um, BCRX. Uh, BCRX. Did I tell you that I bought some? You did. Well, I heard you yesterday on the stream say that you bought some. Uh, in your the hell, that's not it. That's the wrong. That's the wrong number. BCRX. 
Psych. Psych. BCRX is up at $18 today, so I'm sure she's doing just fine. But yeah, easy, Mike. That is really shitty timing. <laughs> That's all. I don't even know what to say. It's shitty timing. I, uh, uh, yeah, that, that's it. On sends. Sorry. Um, I hope you don't own it. And if you do, I hope you have stops. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, so here's the deal. Did you go over the guest uh, situation today? We're going to have Tim, yeah, Tim Quast. We got Tim Quast in a half hour. It's been a while since we've had Tim Quast on this show, so I'm very excited. Um, we, we like talking to Tim. Um, I wanted to do a thing. So the title of today's show, Aaron, is how to find hot stocks. I don't want it to just do be a clickbait title. Did we actually go through that? We haven't bit? yet, but what okay. I was going I, I wanted to do this and one of the one of my methods for finding there are memes on CNBC now. That's weird. They're weird. probably talking about liquidity tech names report. No. I don't know. Anyway, who cares? I was what I wanted to do was I wanted to look at a um like a scanner, we can go to Benzinga Pro. That's and I and, and a lot of times, you know, you want to buy, you want to buy low, sell high. But what I like to do is run a scanner and find what stocks are trending, like are close within like a ten percent range yeah. to their fifty-two week high. Because what's that showing me is that Wall Street investors, institutional investors, are are hot on this stock. They like this stock, right? It's in favor. I'd rather buy a stock that's in favor than a stock that's out of favor. All right. So uh, let's do a few different things. You, you are going to set, or let's actually, no, let's just do it together. I also got to address this real quick from uh, Jay Rice. I, frick, I cannot believe I missed this. Right when natural gas was getting hot and everything, I was like, let's you, check back in on our good yeah, friend BTU yeah. on Peabody Energy, yeah. which is a St. Louis company. It's where I'm from. And uh, the, I guess they, the past week, the stock's made a 20% move. It's gone from about, uh, when I called it out, it was at $10. It's at 15 now. But looking at the chart. Right, sorry, um, sorry, I'm getting the chart up. I have a different page. Well, the, but, the, but don't let us lose our train of thought of how. No, no, I, no I, I, won't, I won't. Um, BTU, Peabody Energy. Um, looking at the chart, this, I, I think this is beautiful. The the um, And I'm not a huge chart guy, but I, I do play technicals uh, when they match up with my thesis. But this like rounding bottom right there's when we see this chart there's a good chance a lot of times on that way back up it reaches to its previous high on that um kind of bottoming out half circle pattern so if we go back to the high before that dip it was at what was it spencer 19 20 uh you referring to like this no 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 i'm that? saying that Yes. Yeah, 19, what's the all-time high? What, no, 1972. I don't know if it's all-time because this company's been around for a while. But Nin- 1983 was the high from, from September. Um, yeah, I think you see that pattern that more times than not, it ends up coming up to at least that previous high. So even, I mean, it is like one of those stocks that it's up 20% over the last week. Could we expect a little drawdown? Yes, probably. But overall, do I expect this to continue its trend and get back up to its its, its previous high of like 19 bucks? Sure. And from 16 to 19, that's not a, a, a move to sneeze at. I mean, that's what, 15, 20%? 15 to 19? Is that, is that what you said? Yeah. $4? It's like... What's that? Thirty percent? High twenties? Or no? I said sixteen to nineteen. Because we're basically at oh. sixteen right now. A three dollar move from sixteen. Yeah, uh, sure. Call it twenty. 
22? Call it 22%. Yeah, Jay, uh-huh. I'm looking at their earnings. They, they crushed it yesterday. The EPS estimate was uh, $1.15. $1.15. They came in at $3.90. Wait. The... <laughs> Is this is this just an industry thing? Like, is, is there anything special about Peabody? I don't know. I'm asking. Is there well, anything? Peabody is the leader in like coal energy. Oh, they are okay. Um, but wow. But basically, the thesis is that okay, Omicron's ending demand for track. You know, everything is is ramping back up. Green energy, clean energy. That uh, you know that's gonna be the the next big thing. But we're not there yet. We don't have the infrastructure through clean energy and, and, and green tech to, to to meet the demand that we're seeing right now. So what's going to fill that gap until we were there is our fossil fuels, natural gas, coal. So um, I, I think it's at least worth watching right now. I mean, we've seen if, if we continue to see um, what oh, try, sorry, I'm trying to read Christian Gallagher's. Aren't they a coal play? I thought Biden. Squash that, that dirty energy. energy. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's still go. That's still the trend we're heading. And yet, the trend we're heading. I'm, well, no, that's a long-term trend. The short-term trend is you're saying the exact opposite. Yeah. 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 Uh, and and like Jay Rice saying, it's cyclical. I'm saying that the long-term trend is that we're going to see oil, gas, fossil fuels okay. get replaced by clean energy, but we're not there yet. So right now, demand is increasing for energy. But while the supply is going down, while the while the the well, the supply is not going down for green energy. It's just not there yet to match it. It's no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the supply for coal is going down while demand is going up. Is it going down? Oh, because people aren't investing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, people aren't investing right. as much in that space anymore. So there's going to be less production. So, um, yeah, no. we're not even close to being able to uh, to, to match. Yo, is, so coal inflation now. I have to worry about coal inflation. Thanks, Obama, for that. But is, is that the only reason coal supply would be decreasing, that just well, companies I, I, themselves aren't investing as much in that space right now? I, I don't actually know this, but that's what I was, that, that's what I was getting at. It was like, no, who in their right mind is like, yes, I'm going to invest in a new coal, in, 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 in a new coal mine like right now. I'm going to, to you know, expand my mind. No one's expanding their mind size, right? I, I, don't, I don't know how that works, but... No one's doing that. Why would you do that? Yeah. So until so, until we're there, which we're we're ways away, yeah. right? For from clean energy meeting meeting our our demands, um, we're gonna continue seeing some of these stocks that have gotten beaten down uh, in the oil. Well, people see Peabody's different because I mean, you look at like something like Chevron. Chevron's at all time highs, and if Chevron. we continue to see oil, uh, which also leads into our next point. Of well, finding, we have to. Yeah, we're we're gonna go back to that point. Finding stocks that are at their you know, 52-week highs. Yeah. Um, coal will be used to generate the power for all the EVs. Hmm? Hmm? Oh, maybe the power to power the charging stations? It's going to be coal power? I have no clue. No. No, no, no. no, no. What? No, it's not. The, the whole point of this is, like, hydrogen fuel cells or uh, natural gas or electricity, right? Uh, isn't that the whole point? There are other sources, greener sources out there. Whatever. Uh, all I know is Peabody Energy is is is, is in an uptrend. Um, 
that's a technical turn, by the way, the uptrend. Uptrend. And, and um, looking at the chart, like I said, I would I would be trying to play this from maybe wait for a pullback, considering the stock's up 20% over the last week, but I'd be trying to play it from like 15 and a half, 16 bucks to 19, get out, take your 15, 20% and run. Um, the chart looks very strong there. And then if we break above those, because if you look uh, back in like September and November when we were testing those 19, $20 levels, mm -hmm. it came up there and hit that level twice and was rejected mm -hmm. both times. Let's go weekly. Let's um, see how that looks. And and if you, yeah, and, and if you, you know, kind of what, what we're taught in, in charting world is if you test a level multiple times and then break through it eventually, that breakout's going to be higher. It's going to be a, a more, uh, a bigger breakout based on the amount of times you've tested that level. So if we go okay. up and test it a third time, reject it again, and then we come back up and finally get through it, I'd expect to see uh, Peabody break out nicely. All right. Uh, let's go back to the original point of this, which was, um, okay, how to find um, stocks to trade, how to find hot stocks. If you don't have Benzinga Pro, you're about to get a free demo right now. Uh, we're not going to take too long on this, but this is how we do it. So this is the Benzinga Pro homepage. This is what everyone sees when they open Benzinga Pro. When you have nothing open prior to this, no news feeds, no data windows, nothing. This is this is bare bones. Okay. Uh, you wanted to go to the screener, right? Is that what you yes. want? Because uh, okay, fine. Uh, we'll, we'll do your thing, and then we'll do my thing after. Well, we can do your thing. I think they're pretty similar, right? You want well, to look for well, fifty-two. Weeks. I, I I want to go to a scanner. That's yeah. Oh, you screener scanner. Sorry, I get my. Uh, well, I get mixed up. Let's do your thing. Okay, so the, so okay, this is a scanner that, that that I've made, and I'm gonna actually do uh, a couple of them. So on the um. Uh, second what's going on here wait a minute i have to refresh sorry i some some weird just happened um okay that's better so uh i wanted to do a scanner because i want to see stocks that are moving as they're moving right um you know we all have movers tools on our brokerage platforms and we can see what's up today and what's down today but i want to i, I want to get get deeper into that and i want to i don't really care so much as to what's up to, what's up today from yesterday's close or what's up today from the open i i, I want to see like what's up in the last few minutes here right so this is a scanner uh and i have it sorted by change in the last five minutes and i actually want to I want to add another one of these things um, up here, but for some for some reason my uh, my window to do that is not populating, which is kind of weird. So we're only going to use one scanner right now. But um, uh, we'll, we'll, well, first we'll look at gainers and we'll look at losers. And so what I have here is I have a few different columns. I do have a couple of filters on. I do filter by uh, volume. I just have a basic filter right just looking for stocks that trade at least ten thousand shares that's a not a high bar to clear but it weeds out the like, like the crap right like i don't care if a stock is up 10 percent and it's trade 100 shares because who cares it's 100 shares there's no there's, there's no liquidity there. there's no market there so this is what i've got here I'm looking at gainers in the last five minutes. This is how a lot of times when I'm, whether I'm on stream or not on stream, this is how I like catch stuff as it's happening. 
and this this is how uh, like this is this is what will prompt me to pull up a chart and say what or pull up a newsfeed say what so uh, I have this set to refresh every 10 seconds you can also set so it's real time um, so we can always do that but uh, this is the first thing that I do whenever I want to see where the action is is I look at the last I go to a screener I look at the uh, scanner sorry and I look at the last five minutes gainers and losers so right now what do we have we have CGTX YQ SFET and these are relatively low volume here There's nothing nothing super crazy uh, NBRV these are our top gainers or basically spikes in the last five minutes and on the other side of the of that market on the loser side um, so really again I'm looking at the tickers you can see them right there I, I I'm also looking for tickers that I recognize you know what I mean because I I don't necessarily like look so oh, I just saw clover CLVR was on there where where'd they go all right that they must have had a nice green candle um I look for names that I recognize and this is basically the first thing that I do to try to find movement try to find action try to find you know things that are happening as as it's happening not so much like hey the stock is up 20 percent today but like 18 percent of those gains happened at 7 a.m not interesting right not interesting for anyone um i should have some more filters on here we can even do that right now let's add some more filters because i i want to filter out some super low price stuff so let's filter out let's say price just five dollars and up okay uh let's filter out anything less than five dollars um that's fine Cleveland Cliffs, 2% move in the last couple of minutes. Is that intuitive surgical? No, it's not. That's Hey, Bakht, BKKT. We talked about that yesterday. 2% move, last five minutes. So so that that's that's a very simple thing. Again, this is the, the scanner tool in Minzinger Pro. It is in beta. That's a very simple thing you can do to just find movers as they're moving throughout the day. So that's what I wanted to show. What he wanted to show was the screener tool. Y'all should know what a screener is by now. Um, you can find them on your brokerage platform. Um, although for my money, I to be honest, I have yet to find a screener on a brokerage platform that is easier to use than this. I've I'm on Thinkorswim, I'm on Fidelity, I'm on Weeble. Where else am I on? Um, things to like about all those platforms, but for whatever reason, I just cannot get my head around their screeners. I think they are hard to navigate. This one, I think, is a little easier. So why don't you walk us through how you would use this, Aaron? Because you're the one that wanted to bring this up. You said you, you wanted to look for 52-week highs. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to pull up every single filter here. This is all the filters that we can filter by. And I'm going to scroll, and you shout out when you find 52-week highs and lows. Is that, that is what you wanted, right? Um, there we go. It's on the left-hand side. So all right. Do we, we want to find stocks that are 
what like like what within you... like a ten percent range of their of 10, their ten percent range. That's a, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Right. I know, but but well, here's here's why I want to do it this way, and it, and you can find you can set it uh, tighter. Yeah, right within like a five percent range of the fifty-two week high, but a lot of times some of these stocks that are at fifty-two week highs will get up to that fifty-two week high. And then sell off for you know a day or two where they're where they're down a few percent, and those are a lot of times like the best times to get into those stocks when yeah. the stock is in an uptrend and then has the little pullback. Okay, you know you don't okay. want to see it crash down, but um, so okay, I'm gonna go ten percent down, down, down ten yeah. percent, right? Um, any other thing? Should we filter out like the crap? Should we filter out like super low priced? Low, small. Yeah, that, yeah. I, I typically always do that. All right, we're we're gonna go market cap, and we're gonna go uh, plus mid, or we're gonna go plus small. We'll do plus mid. How about that? All right, all right, cool. You want to sort by uh, percent change Wait, today? This isn't. Go. How was Facebook popping up? Facebook shouldn't pop up. Uh, I just changed the. Oh, you're right. Well, that was weird. You're right. What did I do wrong? I oh wait. Oh, you just, you said ten. Wait, hold on. You said down more than ten percent. Yeah, you I went did. down I less did. than ten percent. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh... Yeah, I re- I was taught the uh, the <laughs> the things in school, like the the arrows uh... indicating greater than or less than. It's like a fish eating the. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait. What the? Can I can I not read here? Hold on. I I set it down less than or equal to ten to. To ten percent, is that not what that says? That's saying ten percent is greater. Yeah, ten down less than right. or or ten percent. Is that what you had the first time? Yeah, that's what I have. Unless unless this isn't a good product demo, we're messing something up. This is a hundred percent user error and not a, a problem within the platform. All right, let's try up. Yeah, no, that's not what we wanted to do. Okay, well, we didn't want to do up. Can someone who uh someone who knows math come on and help us sit and save this this segment? Jeez Louise, yeah. we're totally butchering this. Um Ooh, that's interesting. Uh Zen Bullish. Oh, okay. I, I've got a question for you, Spencer, because I knew that I uh knew this right away, but I'm curious if you do. Um I saw a thing on ESPN yesterday that said if Joe Burrow wins the Super Bowl, he'll become the first uh quarterback. That was a Heisman winner and a national, national championship. championship and a Super Bowl winner. No, no, he wouldn't be. He'd be the third. No, first quarterback. No. Oh. There's there's been two more. Wait. Oh wait, Heisman. Wait. Heisman. Maybe it was Heisman national championship. Yeah, there's been two. They're both named Joe. Who? Joe Namath. Joe. Well, unless I'm thinking of something different, it's Joe Namath and Joe Montana. I thought, but that might be a different stat. Hold on. What, the, what, the, what are we doing here, Aaron? This is, this is not my day, guys. Uh, Chris is about to correct us again. I feel like that's all Chris does is correct our mistakes. <laughs> what am I even doing? I don't I don't want to do this. All right, this is, this is not my day. I can't do anything right today. I can do nothing right today. This makes no sense. I'm sorting it. <laughs> I want to see anything. Is that not how this is supposed to okay, work? Okay, Namath did not win a Heisman. Um, Chris, 
forget it. I don't care anymore. This is this whole segment is just total. Hey guys, uh, Montana also did not win the Heisman. All right, so then the, what was the stat that I saw? It was the stat. It was. It was maybe it was like it first was, overall pick. Yeah, to win was, the, maybe first overall pick. Which that makes sense because I I thought that was weird too. Like how come more first overall picks haven't won the Super anymore. Bowl? Like they're supposed to be like the best player, but the first overall pick goes to the worst team. Yeah, so so Chris Kaji said first quarterback to win all three if the Bengals win. My question was, who's the non-quarterback? To win the Heisman, National Championship, and Super Bowl. Because I knew this right away. I was like, oh, I know uh, who that is. Charles Woodson. Um, maybe. What do you mean, maybe? You don't know the answer to your own question? Well, I, I knew I know one. Charles Woodson. May, I, I know Charles Woodson won a Heisman, right? I know he won. Did he win a National Championship? I don't know. We got, we got Joel in the office right now. We can ask him. Joel, Joel oh, Chris is saying yes, but I had another one, a Michigan guy. What? Oh, Chris is a what? What? Okay. Are you going to tell us eventually? Well, actually, no, I got to fact check it. All right. Dear Lord, what is going on today? Hey, um, remind us. You know what? Actually, maybe we should do this right now because if we don't do it now, we might forget. We need to. We promised people to enter the um, Rocking Mortgage Squares contest today. So uh, I want to I want to do that before before Tim comes on. Uh, Wesley says it was the soup. Wait, Packers. Oh yeah. That was the, wait. That was the Steelers. Okay, wait. So so Charles Woodson won on, a national on. championship too. Wait, is Wesley giving us a hint right now? He's saying. No, Char- I think he's just saying that's when Charles Woodson won the oh, oh, okay. Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Makes sense. So um, I was thinking of Desmond Howard, but I don't think Desmond Howard ever won a national championship at Michigan. But he won not only he not only did he win the Heisman, but he won the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. He did? Yeah, Desmond Howard with as who? A special teams player with who? Um, the Packers, I thought. I didn't know that. Anyway, oh, Chris has two are running backs. Wait, uh, ooh! Sorry. So we have two more running backs. Wait, so 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 the question was what again? The question was Heisman Trophy, national championship, national championship, Super Bowl, and Super Bowl. Um, all right. So if it's if two are running backs, then I would say, hey, not Barry Sanders. Um, let's go with like, uh, what was what was uh, I was just I was just watching a thing the other day. Um, yeah, so I think Desmond Howard was missing the ooh. Desmond Howard was missing the national championship. Is, is, is Tony? I wonder if Tony Dorsett is the answer. To the, it was an answer here, um, or maybe I don't know. That's all I got right now. Wait, Quantum's asking, "Where's the swag?" Quantum, are you asking, "Where is your swag?" I don't know. I'm wearing some Benzinga swag. I'm wearing a polo right now. I wear a polo every. No one's noticed, I don't think, that I wear the same shirt every single Friday. But I have more than one, just so we're clear. I, I also have a bunch of those. Uh, hey, wait, shirts. I got one. Chris says it's Tony Dor- I got one. Or so- to be free, saying Emmett Smith is the other one. Oh. What about let's, Mark Ingram won the Heisman. And Definitely the won a national championship. But, but I don't think he's a, ever won a no, Super Bowl. he's not Bowl. won a Super Bowl. Because he's been on, what, the Ravens and the, and the Saints, Saints primarily? Are you giving yeah, this? Quantum, we are giving away swag day. We're going to do a guess yeah. the chart. And oh, Di- that's who I was thinking of, Dickerson. Thank you. Is it Dickerson? No, because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, no, I don't, think, yeah, I don't think any of those Rams team ever won a Super Bowl. Uh, they made it. 
No, they didn't, I don't think they won. But that's who I was thinking of, Eric Dickerson. That's who I couldn't place. Thank you. Um, Reggie Bush. Don't be wise-ass, the ghost. <laughs> Reggie Bush didn't even win the Heisman. Check the record books. He ain't there. If he, oh. if he ain't there, he ain't there. All right, Chris Kachi, give us the final answer. Dorset and who else? This is, this I really thought I thought I when I like read that headline, I was like, oh, first they're saying first quarterback because of Desmond Howard, but I, I guess I didn't realize that Desmond Howard never won. They must have been close to winning national like back in the, those Michigan days. I don't know. All right, uh, can can we uh, the, the Benzinga Pro screener segment? We totally butchered that. Um, we're gonna get with the pro guys and figure out what we were doing wrong. To uh, clearly, none of us could figure it out. But what I want to do before, but Tim- there are other options or other ways to find hot stocks other than just running that screener. Uh, yeah. So I mentioned one. I mentioned the scanner, right? So that here, let me bring my pro back up. So I use the scanner tool every single day um, during market hours. Where's my scanner? There's my scanner. I you can see I have four scanners open at one time. I have um, actually because I because I refresh, so it's it's I have to this this is this is how I have my screen set every this is my normal setup. Okay, I've got on the top left, I look for the top gainers from the open. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorting by the wrong column. The open, I have to load my. Uh, oh my god, nothing is working for me today. What is going on? not my day at all sorry guys all right top gainers from the open that's what i look at uh on the top left the bottom left i look at top losers from the open it's the change percent open column is, is what i'm adding here okay so i've got top gainers from the open top losers from the open on the left side of the screen the right side of the screen, that, that, that's normal. This is what I always have. I have the five-minute gainers, and I have the five-minute losers. So, And that's what I look at throughout the day, right? So if you guys have a way that you like to find hot stocks, uh, let us know. I don't know. Luke is signaling to me right now. I don't know what he's trying to say. The, my other more, more recent, um, which I, I've pulled this tool up on, on, the, on the show before, um, I like looking at the insider trades. Because a lot of times I know you're a sucker for the insider trades. Well, I'm a sucker for the insider buys because (laughs) sells. We've talked about this. You can't read too much into the sells, right? Can be part of a predetermined plan. Can be tax purposes. Uh, Maybe they just want to buy a new vacation house. They have nothing against the company. They don't think, oh, this the stock's going to go down, so I'm selling here. Maybe they just want to free up some cash. Um, but when you see people buying, you, you typically only buy for one reason, right? And, and that's because you, you, you have too much money. Well, that's a, yeah, that's not what you were going to say. That's could could be a, could be a tax thing. Um, so let's just do this past week. So we'll do, um, Oh, two, Oh, four, 2022. Oh, two. And really Spencer, I mean, this is how I, this is where my, Kind of ears perked up for Asana, and then Asana ended up making that. Yo, can we pull up that Asana real fast? Let me pull up that chart. Aaron's been pounding the table with both his fists and his feet on Asana the last like what month? Two Why months? did you guys bring it up on like pre market prep or something too? No, you just like you. Let's go to a daily. It doesn't do it justice. Because the thing is, with like a lot of these stocks have been ripped that that had a 
that had a that had a rip for a couple of days or whatever, those gains are, were very short lived. Asana has actually held on to these gains in the last week or so, which is notable. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Before we keep going, can we scroll back up on the um chat real quick? Jay Rice just asked a nice trivia. Oh wait, someone already guessed it. Five bucks. Wait, I didn't see it yet though. So five bucks. What NCAA Division One team won the most golf championships? I'm gonna say Stanford. Stanford. That was what I was gonna say. <laughs> That's only because I know Tiger Woods right there. My second, my second guess, and I also I know Jay Rice is an Arizona guy. I'm gonna go ASU, Arizona State. Wait, what's the answer? Is it Georgia? What? I think we got it right. We said it at the same time, so Jay Rice, you owe. No, he says. Oh, is, is Yale, Yale the answer? Yale? No way. Oh, I, st- I stand by my answer. I like my answer better. Yale. Wait, Hex Pony is saying Asan the gap to eighty nine. But are those laughing emojis? Oh, we're talking about joke? two different things at once right now. Um, you got to so, you got to keep it. You got to keep the. So okay, the, okay, okay. We know that stocks tend to fill gaps. They don't have to. Oh, wait, was it OSU or Yale? <laughs> what the fuck is going on today? Ricky Fowler went to OSU. What is going on today? Luke Jacoby just hijacked producer Rohan, the guy who's in charge of making sure that this show functions, and he just they just went out for lunch. So we don't we're flying blind here right now. Wait, they went out to lunch? Yeah. Are they gonna bring us something back? I don't know. Okay. Uh, enough with Asana. Bottom line here, Aaron likes insider buys. I like using the screener or the scanner of Benzinga Pro. I wanna do the Rocket Mortgage Squares thing now, because if we don't do it, we're gonna forget. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to share my screen. I want to. I want to do these squares. Pronto, tanto. So I'm sharing my screen right now. We've been talking about this. It's the Rocket Mortgage Squares. Uh, you can go to RocketMortgageSquares.com. I'm going to enter my email. I don't care if y'all see it. Uh, Jason has put my phone number out there before anyway, so whatever. Um, what are my home ownership goals? I'm interested in buying a new home. Uh, yes, but not this very, well, I guess I should say I'm not currently. Um, oh, I want my, at my information. All right. Let me stop my sharing for one second. I'm going to enter this information. Wait, are we allowed to enter this? Do you know? Yeah, we can enter the outside one and the internal one. We can. Okay. I think today's the deadline to enter both though. I, that's why we're doing it. All right. Uh, I'm not, no, I'm not a robot. Wait, am I a robot? It wants to know if I'm a robot. Okay. I'm in. It's time to pick your squares. Every time the score changes, wouldn't it suck if it was like six to three? We'll draw one lucky player to win $50,000. So choose wisely. All right. Okay. So we got the uh, the Rams on the top uh, on, on the on the x-axis and the, the Bengals on the y-axis, right? So we're, uh, each of these squares, oh, they're randomly assigned. Do you always do it like that, Aaron? The random, the random assignment, or do you? Um, in the past, when I've played squares, I've like picked. So yeah, like, like yeah, I've done it both ways. I, I don't really have a take on which way is the right way. So so basically, if you've never done this before, uh, if you want to play along with me, um, each of these uh, blue squares and red squares is going to they're going to get a random assigned number between zero and nine, right? And it's going to so it's going to be zero through nine. Zero through nine, but it's not going to be in, in order. It's going to be just random, right? And those numbers will represent the the last digit 
of the score after the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and the end of the game. So, for example, let's just say, like, the, the this top A here, let's just say that number is 0, and then the top N, that number is, I don't know, 2. Uh, you, you pick that square right there on the top left. You're saying, okay, uh, I'm, uh, I'm saying that at the end of the first quarter, the, um, uh, the, the Bengals will have a score that ends in zero. The Rams will have a score that ends in two. Um, and that's basically how this works. So I'm going to pick some squares. I'm going to do that square, but it's, it's random. So we don't, we don't know. So you just have to just, just, just do it. Wait a minute. I only got one. Wait a minute. I only got one square. Can I get more? I didn't read the terms clearly. Oh, you only got one. You got to share it with your friends. Wait, no. Oh, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Copy the invite link and put it in the chat. Maybe I'll get some more squares. <laughs> you all want to help me out with some more squares? Well, you get an extra square, too, I think, when you sign up through Spencer's link. Uh, someone asked what we think about Rocket stock. So... Before I talk about it, just to be candid, we I don't even know. Do we kind of partnered with Rocket? Well, we we're in what's called the the family of companies, so well, we're not. I don't think technically anymore. I'm not sure. Um, no, you're right. We're not technically. Well, no, we still are. So, um, just for full transparency's sake, uh, Dan Gilbert, who was the the founder of uh, of Quicken Loans and parent company, Rocket Mortgage, uh, he was a, an early investor in our company. Uh, we're not a part of Quicken Loans. We're not part of Rocket Mortgage. But a few years ago, we moved into their building because what Dan did was he created this thing that he called the FOC, the family of companies, where basically any company that he owned or invested in or whatever, he was like, yo, you guys should just work together on stuff. I'm just going to like give you guys tools like there, there we have a database that we can search for any employee at any company in the family. So I'll give you an example. A few months ago, I needed a notary. I went to this tool and I was like, hey, I just searched for no the word notary and I got like a thousand people because there's like a thousand notaries at, at Quicken Loans. But bottom line is like Dan was an investor. He's not anymore because we have new owners now. Shout out Behringer Capital. But um, we are in their building, and their where their offices are like a few floors a few yeah. floors above us. But we don't we don't work for them. They don't they don't have any say in well. Also, operations the ghost here. is asking about Rocket Stock and our ticker RKT, and I just wanted to kind of clear that air before we talk about it, so you know that it's there's no, it's not like we're not you know financial partners with, with rocket right now but no. there is that relationship there is that uh yeah and jason you know, like friendliness with, with dan gilbert definitely um but with that said regardless i mean rocket stock at this point i think oh, it's gotten so, so beaten down garbage um it, it's undervalued right someone mentioned i don't know if it was you know. in, the, in the ghost I, I i'll be honest i do not and i'm not trying to punt for real i really don't understand like the mortgage industry like at all well, I think just from a fundamental <laughs> like standpoint, I mean, the Rocket stock is now down to a below a six PE. I mean, the company it's, it's a twenty five billion dollar company. The company makes money, so I I I don't hate I don't I don't dislike that play. Looking at leaps on on Rocket, um, 
again, I, I think there's value there. I think, um, you know, at $12.30, Rocket, you know, I, I do think that, um, you know, there's value in that play right now. With that said, you look at the chart, uh, the chart's really ugly. Of course, Rocket had that kind of run up as part of a, a, a meme stock and then um, ha- has since gotten battered down. But, yeah, I don't hate the idea of kind of starting a position in Rocket here. And, uh, again, I just think it's fundamentally undervalued at this point. I don't, I don't know. Wait, when do the, when do the earnings come up? That's a good, good point. I, I honestly don't. Joel would know because Joel's like side hustle for a long time was a was a was in real estate. Was a mortgage guy. Yeah, he's a re- Joel's a real estate guy also at heart. But like, I don't understand why this business, why the stock would not be booming. And I I get it that the housing market has. I know it's slowed a little bit in the last what six months, but oh. the, the year and a half prior, and I get it that rates are low. I don't know. I I I know that the refi business was was like booming. They refined like half the country. Maybe that's the problem. Is is everything got pulled forward, right? They they they, they refined half the there's no one else to refi. Maybe. I don't know. Thank you, Born to Be Free. Uh maybe Tim Quas knows about this. At, at the very least, I would I do want Tim Quas's uh uh, insight into the supply and demand of RKT because um, it's a head scratcher to me. And I'll be the first to admit that I don't, I don't have a great fundamental understanding of this business. But hey, let's bring Tim Quas on the show. MarketStructureEdge.com. He is their founder and CEO, and he gets our special intro. Oh, Timmy, what's up? <laughs> That that's impressive. Who who did that intro, and how do I license it? I don't know. Wait, Tim. <laughs> Tim, what? It's really. What, yeah, that's dramatic. Do, do, Tim, am I am I barking up the right okay. tree here uh, when I say that like half the country refired their mortgage in the last two years, so there's no one else to do it? Uh, well, uh, I, I haven't looked at the the fundamental right. data. You know, it's not. Uh, but we we can talk about. Yeah, I think what you said about uh, pulling forward uh, future consumption, which we've been doing for two years, I don't know whether everybody look. You can continually refinance if um, if uh, the value of your property continues to rise, and you sure. want to pull some equity value out of it, which is a very popular thing to do in the United States. Right, it's a great way to do a remodel. Uh, you know, uh, you can do all kinds of things with that money. So I, I don't know that that cycle is over. Yeah, uh, to me, it's, there's a there's a there's a larger issue that will affect uh, Rocket and, and stocks like that. Uh, clearly, it's a it's a it's a very well run business. Uh, the, uh, the, those uh, they're 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 very intelligent when you listen to how they describe the way that they run their business. There's no question. Uh, that it's that it's a well-run operation, but it, you know the reason you have me on is because mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily. Can yeah? Uh, can you share your screen? Outcome. Can you share your screen, yeah, please? I sure. want I want to see what the rocket situation looks like. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter how awesome the fundamentals of a business are if the supply-demand equation doesn't support higher prices, and it, this same thing applies to an economy. You know, it doesn't matter how great you think the, the economic fundamentals are if uh, supply and demand are out of whack. And uh, it, it happens. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Okay. Screens up. 
I so, see it. So here is, here is a six-month view of the supply-demand characteristics of rocket. So for those of you who don't know market structure edge and market structure, it's a jargon term, but it, it means the behavior of money behind price and volume in context of rules. Physics govern uh, the way that we, we function on this planet and uh, supply and demand as in any market determine how uh, the stock market functions and there are a set of rules and there are behaviors, purposes and time horizons. Uh, so you can, the more time that something spends above five, the more likely you are to get gains. So when Rocket was spending significant time above five, you know, here's gains. When it drops below five, don't own it. When it's above five, own it. When it's below five, don't own it. And that is a fact. Those things will change. And then you would say, well, why is that? Why is it that there is more demand at some times and less demand later? By the way, there was a real breakdown in supply and demand all over the market at November options expirations. Uh, I was just sharing some data on SPY with, uh, with some folks and our internal team, how at November options expirations in SPY, a lot of money came out. And then the market imploded around Thanksgiving. Well, the event had already occurred that caused that. So here's the, the thing to remember about Rocket. Dude. Like, like every company, they're owned by stock pickers. They're owned by indexes and exchange-traded funds. They're traded by high-frequency traders. And they're leveraged for the purpose of derivatives. And Wait, all of those Tim, I'm sorry. Out. Tim, we're having... <laughs> Why is CNBC on the screen? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron, what are you doing? Oh, oh we're back. What the? We're back. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. Did we get it sorted out? No worries. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Our video, the video feed of Aaron and I was replaced. I didn't change it. You changed it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. All right. All right. We're back. I'm sorry. Good thing it's Friday. Good thing it's Friday. Uh, so I could boil this down to you very simply. Demand has been falling since the end of October and supply has been rising. And it doesn't matter how great the story at Rocket may be, those conditions are going to undermine price. And you would say, well, why is demand weak? Well, once uh, prices begin to deteriorate in anything, in the market than the allocations and models. If I'm allocating some, some of my resources to financials uh, and, and mortgage REITs are different from other REITs, by the way. Uh, uh, and I decide, well, I'm just not going to allocate as much to those and I'm going to put more into uh, AbbVie and Johnson and Johnson and so on and models that are low volatility over time, that's going to deteriorate the market. And on the supply side, everybody who, looks at the, the underlying, underlying trading data and says, well, is there demand for this stock? We'll shift short. And we can see those things happen over and over and over again. So that is why Rocket is doing dismally. Yeah, uh, whether right. it has anything to do with the business or not may be irrelevant. A lot of that is true about the stock market. We talk all the time about what fundamentals drive the equity market when in reality, Less than 10% of the trading volume in the equity market comes from stock pickers. So it's everything else. We should spend 90% of our time talking about what actually drives uh, stocks up and down. And most of the time, yeah, it is not buy and hold money. 
All right, Tim, yeah. I, I got a ra- I got a random question for you. Oh, well, it's not that. Oh, okay. well, it is a little random. Uh, someone tweeted at, at me like like a month ago. They, they tweeted at me this question. I don't know if that person is is watching right now, but yeah. um, if they are, I I thought this is a question that was up in, in your in your wheelhouse. Uh, I I answered it. I tried to answer, it, but I, th- I figured you you'd have a better answer. And the question basically came down to, hey, I see Kathy Wood buying. Um, buying a lot of stock every single day she's selling and she's buying but she's doing a lot of buying where is arc invest getting that money from very good question and it gets it's not to, my question not my okay. question uh gets to the whole mechanics of exchange traded yeah. funds and I, I i know that you had you winced because you think "Ooh, i just hate to, i hate to get us running down a rabbit hole around exchange traded funds <laughs> no i, uh, I so like the, I, it, I like the ETF <laughs> rabbit holes i do it, i do tim Okay, well, it's and, and I'll, I'll try to keep this as simple as possible. Uh, so exchange-traded funds do not work like mutual funds. Let's first understand how mutual funds work. Then we'll talk about what Kathy Wood does when she is attracting investment flows or when they're leaving. So mutual funds under the Investment Company Act of 1940 pool fiduciary assets, that is, I, if I'm a Vanguard index mutual fund customer, I have a customer record at Vanguard and I send Vanguard a check and Vanguard becomes the fiduciary who must deploy the money that I sent them according to what I desire. And let's suppose it's the it's uh, it's IVV. Is that right? Is it IVV? I think that might be BlackRock. <laughs> anyway, whatever the is it VNO, whatever the big Vanguard S&P 500 fund is. So then Vanguard will take my money and go and buy the stocks according to the model comprising the S&P 500. And because it's a fund, it can only be priced once a day. Under the law, under the 40 Act law uh, that creates these open-end funds, the, the, we can all only get one price per day. And so it would be priced once a day and you need the reference pr- price for all those stocks at the end of the day. But the point is, There is a fiduciary responsibility to deploy capital and to shepherd my interests because I have a record at Vanguard. Now, let's contrast that with an exchange-traded fund. An exchange-traded fund sells exchange-traded shares to Morgan Stanley or whoever the authorized participant is and the distributor for that exchange-traded fund uh, is. And the ETF shares that you buy, if you buy Kathy Wood's ARK fund, where, are your, where is your customer record? Well, it's not with Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood has no idea who you are. Your shares reside in your brokerage account. And what you own are ETF shares that trade like the stuff that Kathy Wood owns. But Kathy Wood does not manage your money. Morgan Stanley manages your money if you own those exchange-traded funds. It is a big distinction. Uh, And and it gets to how ETFs are created. How do more ETF shares get into the market? And if those ETF shares become too great because the market goes down and now we need to remove ETF shares to get the ETFs price back in line uh, with the the stocks, well, Morgan Stanley is going to gather up those ETF shares and return them to Kathy Wood and say, here's a bunch of ETF shares. Now give me an equal value. If this is a million dollars of ETF shares, according to the average price at the moment that I have given to you, give me a million dollars of stock that you've got. 
So, and what will I do as Morgan Stanley? If I know that ETF shares are being removed from the market, I am gonna short both. I'm gonna short the stocks and I'm gonna short the ETF because I don't have a customer there. I'm just Morgan Stanley making markets in ETFs and stocks. By the way, that is all very measurable. Look at this. I'm just gonna show you some data on, this is SPY. Uh, I'm gonna zoom in a little bit. Too much. Uh, let me zoom that back, back out a little bit. I just want to point something out here. That at December 17, this was when December options expired. Look how much of SPY was short. SPY is this largest uh, traded ETF, oldest and largest ETF. Almost 75% of the ETF shares were short in SPY because all of the broker dealers making the markets for everybody from Kathy Wood to whomever knew that money was coming out of the marketplace. So they're shorted. And when did it bottom? Just before the whole market did. So that, and that is because of ETFs. ETFs Wait, wait, hold on. Sorry, sorry, Tim, to cut you off, but we're, we're getting some audio issues on, uh, on, on your end. I don't know if, if, do you mind trying to switch, uh, your audio input? I can, if I, if I unplug this mic, it may or may not be as good so and part of it is let's I'm try it just let's, let's try it and steamboat okay let's see what happens all right now now you got to unmute on the on the site okay can you hear me yep can hear you now i don't know if it's going to be any better uh but I'll, I'll go back here rates. to the what for the moment, okay. Yeah, for the moment. So, I'll let you talk because when I talk, there's an echo. So I'll just shut up and let and let you go. And I'll finish this thought. Uh, and it's a very important question. So Kathy Wood isn't taking customer fiduciary customer assets and buying stocks with those assets. She is selling ETF shares to brokers, right? The brokers then turn around and sell it to you, and she, she gets money for that that she can use in a variety of ways. She'll invest it in the stocks that she's pursuing, of course, but it's not the only thing that she will do with those assets. And how do I know? What? Because I read the regulatory documents. You can do it too. Read the prospectus, read the statement of additional information, and it will describe the many ways that, uh, that an ETF uh, sponsor is what you would call her. Yeah, we're, we're, we're breaking up again. It was better for a second. Now we're breaking okay. up again. Uh, I don't know if okay. it's a connection issue. Well, let's try going back to the original mic one more time. And if it doesn't work, then okay. uh, it, then it is what it is. Okay. People are saying uh, in the chat, they're saying it's a, uh, it, it, you're, you're a connection issue, internet, not anything on the actual audio. So, um, I, I think that that's what it is. Uh, you know, I, I'm in Steamboat and uh, you get what you get up here in the mountains. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So we'll... Uh, We'll do the well, best that we can. Knock on wood. I'm not going to jinx anything, but uh, <laughs> we're good right now. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, that's we've answered the question. Yeah, I, I just think it's very important to understand that with an ETF, you own a substitute for stocks. You don't have a fiduciary relationship with Kathy Wood. She can. She's going to invest in things uh, as the prospectus says she can. Yeah, okay, and I mean, uh, okay, yep, yeah, no, no, I mean, 
at the end of the day, Kathy Woods put herself in this position where people are going to be watching what she does. Um, what I think is, speaking of Kathy Wood, I mean, DraftKings was always one of her big stocks. DraftKings is making a nice move right now, up 10% over the last week, 6% today. Uh, but this was a stock that got like so beaten down. And I don't know if it's just timing-wise that the stock got so beaten down that buyers started to come in, but it's also the week leading into the Super Bowl. So I think it's on some people's radars. Like, oh, if we get some great numbers, that could be a catalyst saying, uh, Zen Bullish in the chat saying Super Bowl betting is already estimated already over $7 billion. So um, Mm -hmm. if if we end up getting some numbers out on Monday or Tuesday of next week that say, oh, the the number, the the amount of money bet on the Super Bowl on, on apps like DraftKings was way higher than expected, that could be a catalyst. But Right. Um, I, to me, it's one of those things that the market should have priced in, right? That, okay, people are going to bet on the Super Bowl more than a, than your average NFL Sunday. But um, so I don't know if it's just coincidence that, that DraftKings is making this move on this week, that, you know, heading into the Super Bowl. But uh, it's on my radar. So I'm curious what the market sentiment looks like. Well, that's probably one of them. And, and then think about context. Options expire next week, the 16th, 17th, and 18th. So if I'm going to buy calls and then buy the stock in the hope that my, the presence of my buying pushes up the value of the options so I can sell them to somebody else by next Thursday, that's going to contribute. And I can see that that is exactly what's happening. So notice that the demand side is above five. It's, it, it's come off of its peak, but it's still, still well above five. And look at the supply side. This decline below trend right here for short volume tells us that there are modest, modest long bets. They're not huge. They're not huge long bets because otherwise these levels would come all the way down to about 30%. But that is what's happening, AB. There's a, there, are, there are sophisticated traders who are betting that the value of options on DKNG are going to increase into expirations next week. Yeah, and I mean... Um... You know, maybe before we, we, we leave, we can just take a look at the SPY, the overall market. We do have only about eight or seven or eight minutes left. Another stock from the chat that I uh, okay. will hear, if we want to do SPY real quick, we can do that. But another yep. stock in the chat that I was seeing was ZIM, Zim, which is a, <laughs> uh, a, a shipping service. And I was looking at the chart. I mean, this stock hasn't been around for that long. It looks like right. uh, listed at the beginning of 2021 so just over a year but looking at the chart since this stock opened i mean it, literally all it's done is just gone straight up there, yep. there hasn't been i mean there's been a couple dips in here sure but um it, it opened at let's see around like 12 dollars, and it's up to 74 and i mean the chart just looks amazing yep and uh one and look at the supply demand equation so uh, above it's spending a lot more time above five than below it and on the supply side, the trend continues to go down. If you have declining supply and steady or rising demand, price is going to reflect it. And with Zim, you would once again, don't own it when it's below five. Anytime that it's below five, the price isn't going to perform well. Back above five, own it. Below five, don't own it. Above five, own it. Don't own it. Own it. And as long as it's staying above five, you pack, stack those gains, traders. It, it, there is a remarkable difference in keeping gains and avoiding the declines. If you can do that each time, it is far better than buying and holding. That's the whole point of trading market structure. Uh, but yeah, it's really, uh, really quite something. And I should tell you, Zim is a is a customer uh, on it uses our data analytics to understand what drives uh, price and vo- uh, volume. 
on the corporate side of our business. Yeah. Um, again, so this is one that I'm not too, uh, I'm not in or anything, and I honestly haven't been watching it. I know we talked about some other uh, shipping. I brought up DAC, which is in the same uh, space a week ago as like as an earnings play. But um, I mean, like I said, this Zim chart just looks so strong, and, and I don't see any of these trends in terms of what's going on in the shipping logistics world uh, right. of changing in, in here in the, in the near uh, few in, in in the near future. Jay Rice is saying Zim is still cheap, even though it's been on this incredible run. So. Um, we'll have to keep checking out on the, on the right. I don't know if it is from a fundamental perspective, but traders, this is what you can you can use this to to know what institutions are doing. If you get to the end of a quarter, and it was really good here, uh, and there's a lot of short covering, it tells us that in all probability, in the next quarter, the stock's going to continue to perform well. I mean, we had some trouble in the market at the transition from the third quarter to the fourth quarter. Here's September 30. Uh, but that will tell us if you see a, the huge amounts of short covering, short volume dropping way below trend, you know that that stock continues to be favored by institutions. And you could p- apply that any time to any situation. Now, an example of that to me right now is is uh, BHP Billiton. Uh, you know, it's an Australian company, so you're trading an ADR. But the fact that the demand side is so strong and the supply side continues to fall and is it's I mean, our short volume levels are at 30 percent. That tells me there are very strong, long bets on BHP and commodities into options expirations next week. May not last longer than that, but there, those are things you can constantly use to understand what you know, large institutional investors are doing. They don't know that we can see the supply and demand and know which direction things are going to go. Broadly, back to that point, AB, here's, so the market trades between four and six on a 10-point supply-demand scale. So generally, when the the demand side of the market is way above six, we're at it. Statistically, this is a fact. At 6.4, levels at 6.4 and higher from January 2021 to present, the market has lost cumulatively 3.1%. So what would that tell us? Well, don't own the market above 6.4. Well, where is it today? It is 6.4. That's where it is. See that? Doesn't mean individual stocks aren't going to do fine, but it does tell us that statistically, the market will not produce more gains sustainably until we get until we have a reset to sentiment, which will probably occur after expirations next week. Okie dokie. Um, all right, so real quick in the last three minutes, I don't know if we've touched on, on overall market yet, so if we want to just do um, SPY real quick, you know, I think, I think that'd be helpful. That's it. We use SPY as our proxy for the market. So this is SPY, and this is demand. So when, uh, when demand drops below five ten, or four, that green line, tends to mark a bottom. When, uh, when uh, demand rises back up to six, and we're just using SPY as a proxy, uh, then we, we can expect that the market's likely to decline. And remember, I showed you data that indicated that about in here, right during options expirations in December, it's a, it's a, it's a leading indicator. Short volume was 75%. It was 75% in SPY. Well, what is likely to happen if demand is peaked and, and supply is very high, well, the market's going to go down. And it went down very dramatically off those levels. So 
You always want to know what supply and demand is. It's the it's so simple. You have two variables. You watch supply and demand. You don't have to know what everybody else is reading, thinking, uh, what the trends in shipping are, all of that stuff, because somebody else is doing that for you already, and their behavior will be reflected in supply and demand. Well, there you have it. All right, Tim Quas from Market Structure Edge. Um, go check out the site if you have not already. If, if you haven't signed up, you can sign up for a two-week free trial. Um, I believe there's a, a code for Benzinger or something on there as well. Name sure. an email. I mean, you can oh. test it just with your – just name an email. You don't have to put anything else in for two weeks. And then if you decide then to use it, then you can get a special discount. Uh, but it is so easy. You could you know, just try it out. You don't have to give anything more than that, and you can find out if supply and demand work for you. Uh, I yep. use it. That's the only thing I use. And, I, and I've, you know, I've talked to, talked to our users all the time. I did a live demo yesterday with a very engaged group of folks who, who fired a bunch of questions at me. I do it every Thursday. There you go. Tim Quast. You know, he's the man. If, if you like market sentiment, you want, you want to learn market structure, you got to go to Tim Quast. You got to go to Market Structure Edge. And Tim, I don't know how long you're going to be in Steamboat for, but I'll be in the Rockies next weekend, President's Day weekend. So. Oh, will you? We're, yep. we're up here for a for a month. We've got Winter Carnival this weekend, Winter Wondergrass coming up February 25th through 27th. It is a bluegrass bonanza, and we're going to be up here for all of that. Plus, I've got to I've got to lose all that weight I gained eating our, our way through Texas a couple of weeks ago. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I I love me some bluegrass. Maybe I'd have to come check that out. But I'll be in uh, I'll be in Breckenridge. So I'll I'll hit you up if you, if you find yourself Good. in the area. We'll we'll meet up for a. A beer or a bite to eat or something. Send, send me a note. Would would love to see it. Wood Brothers, Lucas Nelson, Trampled by Turtles, Leftover Salmon, all kinds of great bluegrass bands uh, up here. Awesome. All right, Tim. Uh, see ya. I, I'm looking forward to coming out to Colorado. You know, so I'll, I'll uh, you know, maybe maybe see you in a week or so. Sounds good. I'd look forward to it, AB. You guys have a great weekend. You do the same. See Tim. you, Tim. Thank you. All right. Apologies for whatever. Um, audio issues we were having with Tim's audio. I, I literally, I honestly think like Rohan's computer, which is what we run the show through, needs to needs a hard reboot. I don't know what's going on. Um, but we, we powered through. Someone someone gave us the best compliment before. Did, did you see the comment about Benzinga? It was from before Tim's segment. said, um, I think, was it Zippity or Zen? Benzinga is like a box of chocolates. How, how good is that? Like from the the Forrest Gump quote, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You really do never know what you're going to get with us. I don't know if that's a compliment, but I, I'm taking it as one. I All choose right. to believe it's a compliment. All right, let's bring on Tony Benson. Patterns in a flash. We got some patterns. I don't know. That's an open question. Tony, hey, what's going on, man? How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. It's Friday and um, it's raining, and we've yep. had a day. We've had a day of uh, technical glitches, but we're powering through. How's your? The market's green, or was last I checked? How, how, how's, how's your day going? Pretty good. All right. It's raining here too. Nothing new in the wait, northwest. Wait, you're you're Fiat. Where are you again? I know you're Mountain Time, Seattle area. Oh, you're. Oh, wow. Okay, you're yeah, Seattle. I'm, I'm south of Seattle ways, but. Anyway, yeah, doesn't, it, doesn't it always rain? I was going to say, we can't complain about the rain. Tony, because he's, he's got rain every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always gray. Let, let me just say on the Seattle note, uh, I watched, for whatever reason, we decided to watch Sleepless in Seattle last weekend or two weekends ago. <laughs> not not as not a great movie. I'm just gonna go ahead and say not that good, but uh, 
whatever. Okay. Well, Tony, can you share your charts? Oh, I see you already did that. Thank you very yep. much. Let's bring him up on the screen. Yeah, uh, what are you watching today? Uh, well, the thing I'm watching right this minute. Oh, the market, the market's red. I apologize. See, it was green, and then we, we reversed, reversed on us. Sorry. Why are you apologizing? I don't know. Well, <laughs> you, you know that I'm bearish, right? So I like it when the market's red, at least right now. Yeah. Um, no, I've got, a, I've got a, just a small day trade on, on Microsoft right now. So that's what up in the upper right corner there I'm watching. So, but. Uh, um. What, what? So I'm sorry. You have a small trade on what? Just a just a quick day trade. I added it. I actually have a. I already have a bearish put position on this on Microsoft. This is Microsoft. Okay. And I added to it this morning, and then I just I was I was going to pull the trigger right below 300. Actually, it's about ready to trigger out, but that's fine. Um. So yeah, just I mean the downward momentum is just there, and, and I'm looking at it adding like I said adding to the the swing trade, which I have some puts on. And then this morning, as it danced, it came down here, it broke 300 a couple times. And I figured if it broke 300 again, it would probably continue to fall. Kind of my thought process. Okay. So I had, why, I had orders. Why, why, why'd, you, why'd you think that? Just the, just the momentum. I mean, you can see the downside, the, the volume that we have. Yes, they obviously gapped down and then it sold off. Um, I mean, then having just an overall bearish sentiment, the market is, at least in the short term, in a downtrend. Yep. And then this morning we sold off here with quite a bit of momentum, quite a bit of volume, and now it's just dancing there. It's bounced a couple of times, dropped off to about two ninety nine. It's broken the three hundred level, so I figured if it breaks three hundred, it's probably going to continue. It's not going to go back above it. And I figured if it does, it's going to cost me. I only have a couple hundred shares. It's going to cost one hundred fifty, two hundred bucks to find out if it tanks today. I make anywhere from five hundred to two grand, or I lose a couple hundred bucks. So I figure it's worth throwing throw a little risk at it, just on a quick short term day trade. So. You like to see a risk reward where there's more reward than a risk. So um, correct. I use at least at least three to one. So okay, okay. But that's what I'm watching right this second. So that's on the, the top of my radar. Wait, uh, uh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. What's what strike on that again? What's that? What was the strike on that? The strike. Yeah. Oh, on the uh, the the the, uh, the, mi- the Microsoft the options I have. Let me double check. I think it's the it's the two eighties. That's going out to April, so that's a couple of months out, which okay. is usually shorter term than I go if I play out of the money bet. <laughs> okay. But with so the market the, the way it is, what's that? So that's the only trade out you're, you got on today, right? Um, as far as the day trade, yeah. Yeah. Well, Swing trades, well, I've got several. Yeah, Actually, well, let's, talk, let's talk through those. Everything else on the screen I have, I have bearish positions on. So uh, BX, we'll just pop, we'll make each of these big. This one I've been kind of in and out, and I, I get in and out of a lot of stuff. Um, in fact, you know what? I think it'll be easier. Let me bring them up on here. Now we'll start here. Apple. Okay. Yeah, so Apple, we got a little, there's a little miniature head and shoulders there, and it rallied back up here. It's tapping the neckline, and it's been doing this, and I've been in and out of this. I've been trading just little swings. I've got these little swings in and out. Like yesterday, I loaded up on some. I got out of some yesterday with a little profit. And then uh, if it continues to fall, if it drops down here to the target of 157, then obviously I'm in pretty solid shape. So, Okay. Any there we questions go. on that? I don't see. I didn't see the chat up yet. Uh, chat's talking about all sorts of things. <laughs> chat's talking about gold. Chat's talking about um, 
Uh, yeah, we've talk, so, we were talking about Cole earlier. Chat's talking about Ark or Sark right now. Sorry, Sark, S-A-R-K, which is the inverse uh, Kathy ETF. Oh, that reminds me. I keep forgetting to talk about though that ETF news I saw the other day. Um, there was a, uh, a filing. Filings don't necessarily mean there's going to be new new ETFs out there, but a firm filed uh well, let me rephrase that a a firm not the company a firm but an, an etf firm i forget which one filed to launch uh leveraged and inverse etfs for individual stocks and one of them was uh was tesla and so you could like for example uh like an etf that does the inverse of tesla and it, which they have those over in europe but we don't have that in the u.s so keep forgetting to, to, to mention that but uh, I thought that was fun. Anyway, uh, wait. What w- what is this now? This is uh, this, this is target. target. Okay. Yeah. Have a um, basically descending triangle on it. That's weird. So you're talking about yep. doing an ETF. Yep. An inverse yeah. ETF. So when when Tesla goes down, the stock itself goes up. Yep. Yep. Why not just exactly. short the stock? Not everyone can do that. <laughs> Why not just buy puts? Not everyone can do that. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's coming from my, my they, side. They, I don't be able to do that. They, they, they have those. In, I, they have that kind of stuff over in Europe. Europe is way less. They're way more loosey goosey than we are over here about that stuff about leverage. You can get like crazy leverage over there. Maybe someone in, in our chat who's watching, who's over in Europe, can speak to that more. But um, I don't know. I, I again, filing does not mean it's going to launch, but it. it Filing is the first step. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the ghost has it right. Puts are expensive. Not everyone can afford that. Not everyone has the has the margin account to, to go short. Uh, you know, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, target. Yeah. Descending triangle. Yeah. So basically, looking forward to break that two eleven. I mean, basically, we're just dropping. I mean, it's lower highs. We've got the same lows. Basically, double bottom there. And yeah, there was Microsoft. Um, so if it breaks down below there, I, the target's about 200. So I think it uh, has a decent chance of dra- dropping it there. So that is target. I mean, all of these are, are bearish plays. BX, this is another one I've been um, a big head and shoulders back here. Was looking for it. It bounced back up. Um, this hangman right here. Let's see if I can make that bigger. And I'm always looking for patterns. And, and you get a pattern like this, a hangman up here at a resistance level that we've had before about 135 and then you get the next day. I think I put some, I think I got some right here. I think I picked up some puts. The next day it jumps up of course and the second guessing yourself but then I didn't close above my stop so I hang on to it. The next day it drops off and I added to it and well, well hold on though. Hold on though. So okay. what's that what's that 13687 line? That's the stop. That's my stop. So it did get above that. But just intraday. I usually go off closing price. So I'm just oh, watching it. Okay. If it doesn't close above there, then I don't get out. All right. So All it right. closed below it. So I left. Wait, it wait, wait. So are you are you are you getting out on the close, or how does that work, or like the next day? Does, if it's above work? my stop, then yeah. Usually, usually I'm doing it at the close, unless okay. there's some indication that it's not gonna, it's just gonna keep going, which happens sometimes. But if there's if there's any any inkling or anything that tells me that it may not stay above the close, close above it. Then I'll hang on and wait till the close. And if it stays above there, then I'll bail on it. Is that clear? Okay. I'm clear enough. Okay. What other questions are there on this? 
Well, I want to see. Um, wait, let me go back to my screen here. So, the one thirty-six, and then and you didn't. So there's no action. You haven't actually done anything since. You you you're still in it. There's nothing. Nothing's changed. Not yet. I did. I did close yeah. out of some yesterday. Um, that oh, candle that we have on the screen is today, actually. But yeah, I picked up, and usually I get into these. Um, I'll pick up some and then add to it if it looks good. I don't remember what I, I just picked up part of a position here because it was there was a lot of momentum coming from that earnings announcement, and so I didn't want to be too heavy on it. And of course, the next day I was when it hit the red line, I was happy I didn't have a huge position because it wasn't that expensive. The next day when it gaps down, now it's a different story. Now I'm looking at this going, okay, we have an evening star at a previous resistance level. So we have another pattern, another candlestick pattern telling us that this thing's, this upward trend is not likely to continue. Okay, okay I have a question. When okay. when you have patterns within patterns, yep. what takes precedence? Ooh, that is a good question. Thank you. Um, I don't know that there is anything from a technical analysis standpoint. I certainly can't remember. I don't think there's anything that says one one overrides the other. One is more important than the other. This has never occurred to me until just now. I, honestly, I've never <laughs> thought about it either. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting here going, that's a good question. I mean, I've been doing this 22 years, and it's like nobody's ever asked that question. I've never even thought about it myself. It's like, is there one thing that takes precedent? I mean, there are certain certain pieces of patterns or the way patterns develop that would make them stronger or weaker. I've actually done. All right. M- M- Mitch says Mitch says your own time frame will determine it. Mitch in the chat, maybe I guess. Mitch yeah, I see he's in there. So good old money, Mitch. What's up, money, Mitch? Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose this is, watching you. He, he's studying for the CMT. I am not, so I guess he would know. Which level is he on? I don't know, Mitch. What level are you on? I, I I don't I don't know if he's on a level. He's like me. I was a white belt. I didn't get it very far. <laughs> Karate. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, uh, wait. Let's move away from the target uh, trade here, which uh, is still on. Let's run through the rest of these. So I see home. We got Home Depot. This is a bearish trade. Yep. What's the setup here? This is um, well. This started originally back. Uh, that vertical line is where, um, and that's one thing I do. The, the, those that subscribe to my tool, I do a pattern of the week. Um, usually, I do one bearish, one bullish. But basically, I go and take my favorite pattern that I found that week. Um, and just highlight it. Do a short recorded video. They get access to it. Um, this is one I highlighted right there. Looking for a bearish move as the market. We had a double top, and then it just tanked, which was that was a fun ride. Uh, waiting for it to bounce, and I figured right in here, right at that thirty three sixty five level, we had some old resist or there was support resistance. that kind of ranged here between three sixty five and three sixty one back here. So I figured we'd pop back up to there. And about that 365 levels where I started, I think I just picked up one or two contracts um, okay. of some puts and then added to it. I've been adding to it a little bit and then it finally fell back. So, and that's what I do a lot. I'll get, I'll, I'll start a position. If I think it's a little early, a little aggressive, I'll just get a little bit and I'll add to it if it looks better. Um, it's one of those things that, cause you always get mad when you miss something, right? It's true. So I like to, to get in there. If I get a little too early, it doesn't cost me a lot. If it stops me out, and if it does move in my direction, then I'm not mad that I missed it, even though I still get mad that I missed it. <laughs> so it's so welcome to trading. So, but again, still, we still got this resistance that recognized the other day at 365. So I'm looking forward to drop back to 342. I, um, I had added to it up here at 365 and then it took a, just a chunk of it out yesterday with some profit. 
So I'm kind of just, I'm doing a dance, if you will. I don't know how else to describe it, but basically kind of getting in and getting out. Um, little bits here, little bits there, and then looking for a bigger move to get a bigger chunk out of a piece of it. This was um, Quantum. This We're looking at Home Depot right now. I don't know if that's what you're asking about, but we were on Target before, and now we're on Home Depot. Um, by the way, guys, if you have, this goes, I hope this goes without saying, but if you have any tickers that you want Tony to look at, uh, drop them in the chat. Um, this is the time to do it. So if you're like, Hey, I have a stock. I don't know. Well, it doesn't have to be a stock. It could be, it could be anything really. Uh, I don't know what to think. I see a thing. Please tell me if I, if what I'm seeing is right or wrong, do that. Drop in the chat. Tony can, can take, take some questions from you guys. Um, so you've got some bearish, bearish put trades on, on Apple, on, uh, Target, on BX, Blackstone, on Home Depot. This is MGM, Microsoft, yep. Qualcomm. That's the, those are, those are the active bearish swing trades. Yep. Dude, this is a good question. Uh, do, do you always buy puts or do you, do you also take some income and do you sell calls? Uh, well, let me make sure. Selling calls? No. As far as are we talking about selling naked calls? No. Selling calls, no. naked calls is a little bit crazy. But do I buy calls? No. Yeah. No, no, no. Selling not not naked. You can just sell like, okay. a, like a call. Well, yeah, that's like what I was wondering. Is it? Yeah. If I buy a call, if I go long a call, then yeah, I'll. I'll I mean, you just. Well, sell would you it, like? Right? Would you like sell it? Like do like a covered call situation? Like, uh, if I own stock, yeah. Which yeah. I don't. I only own one stock, and it's just a little position. I mostly got it in my kids' account, so. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, uh, cover calls are a great strategy. It's not, but it's not something that I utilize. So, okay. All right. But yeah, I, I basically buy calls and puts. I don't sell calls or puts. Selling calls naked is a little bit crazy. Selling puts naked, I've done before. Um, in fact, I did it last year on what was the big drug company that went to 279 or something like that. Um, starts with an N. I sold the $13 uh, puts two no days out. No, I don't know. Don't, yeah, it was, um, Novavax. Yeah, no. Okay, I was right. Okay, I don't even, okay. Uh, I'm trying not even remember the symbol because I get cranky about it. And NVAX. Sorry. Um, yeah. Let's let, let's go to the chat here. Oh yep. boy, Lorenzo wants us to look at Workhorse. Is Workhorse below five dollars? I think it probably is below five dollars. Where's the uh... WKHS? WKHS. I'm going to guess. Is that, I'm going to guess four fifty. Where is it at right now? Oh, three forty. Oh gosh. Yep. That hurts. That's painful. Uh, and yeah. is, there anything, is there anything here, Tony, or no? Yeah, I'm looking real quick. Throw some lines on here. I basically just look for major support resistance levels. And basically where we are right now, that's essentially it. I mean, 250 to 420 is kind of the, the range. So Ugh, it all comes down to, you know, what's your, what's your goal? I mean, I, I do extensively short-term trading i don't really do anything else so um you know long-term investing is not really i've got a couple that's about it but everything else is just short-term trading so um and if it's not developing some kind of pattern or if it's not at a major support or resistance level for the mo most part i just ignore it so this one i mean obviously it's gotten beat to death so if it stays above 250 yeah but earnings is coming up too so I wait for earnings to see I, what the, happens. The earnings, the I don't even know how much that matters, Tony. To be honest with you, I, I, this is a, this was always going to be a, a moonshot to begin with. What is um, it? I don't even know what this company does. I mean, I've seen it before, but they do electric. They do electric cars. We 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 had them on the show. Oh 
gosh, what was it, a year and a half, two years ago now? Um, it wasn't two years, it was like a year and a half ago. Um, the, it, the company has been mismanaged from, from just for basically from the get go. There was there was supposed to be this. They were supposed to get this contract, Tony, this U.S. Postal Service contract uh, that would have uh, it, it would have involved an, an order of whatever, however many thousand uh, trucks, because the USPS is electrifying their, the the truck fleet. But they workhorse did not get that order, so then they sued, and it's like a whole thing. And I don't want to, I don't know. <laughs> well, that explains that gap back there. Some kind of news, probably, huh? Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's let's go to one that. Let's go to a company with like an actual business here. Let's go to HPQ. Hewlett Packard. Packard. I can never remember which ticker is which. I don't remember is, is HPQ the printers or is or is HPE the printers and the other one is the end because one of them is the enterprise software and one of them is printers. I don't remember split, which is which. I didn't even know they split them up. Yeah. Interesting. They learn something new every day. Yeah. Let's move those up there. I mean, there's kind of the range that we're in. and Beginnings of a head and shoulder pattern. The neckline's a little bit sloped, which I don't like. But if it continues down from here, then we have a, a we have a almost textbook head and shoulder silver. Broke 35. Oh, wait. HPQ uh, is CPUs, apparently. Thanks. All right. HPE is Enterprise. Oh, yeah. The E is Enterprise. Duh. That makes sense. All right. Oh, interesting, HPQ. right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know they split them up. So this is just a hardware company? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> Interesting. Well, from a pattern perspective, like I say, if it if it drops, if it drops, if it continues to fall from here, we've got a head and shoulders, and if it breaks 35, it's headed to about 31. If if it breaks out of 39.20 to the upside, that's a whole different ballgame. But that's all, all I see with that as far as HP goo goes. Um, I, I got a couple for you, Tony. Oh, you uh, I, I have made a couple of trades in recent days. I would like your thoughts on the one I'm least convicted on, which is ELY, Callaway Golf. I bought this one on, like, I think I bought it on Tuesday. This last Tuesday? Like, like three days ago, yeah. This week, which was yeah. what? The ninth? The eighth? I don't know. The eighth? That's an eighth right there. I, if, it, it if it helps, I, if, if it helps, I can tell you what I paid for it. I, I have to look it up. <laughs> no, nah, I don't care. Okay. I'm just is it a, is it a long term hold? Or are you just trading it or um plan? Well, so okay, the thesis was the, all right. I, I so I, I bought I bought two stocks. I bought uh, FWONK, which is Formula One, and I bought Callaway Golf. The Formula One thesis was was hinged hinged on the fact that the season starts in a month. The Callaway thesis, which is ELY, hinged on the fact that there is they're making another documentary series about golf in the same way that they did about Formula One on Netflix, and it 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 caused a massive increase in popularity in the sport. Now I don't know when that documentary is coming. Um, probably not this year, I would imagine, but I, I guess I don't really know anything. They haven't said anything about it, but, um, Aaron mentioned the seasonality play, the fact that 
you know, we're coming off the holiday season, and I know they had earnings yesterday. I didn't even look to see what they were. So this was this was more of a speculative thing. I don't. It's not a very strong thesis. It was more of like, hey, maybe in the next year or so, golf will become more popular. That's kind of all I've got. Sorry. No, that's, that's fine. terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with it at all. I mean, oh it, gosh, that's it so may bad. work out. You never know, right? Oh man, it, what, uh, whatever. It's always a fifty-fifty shot. So, uh, well, it's true. I could either make money or lose money or, or, or flat. So, yeah, which is losing these days, especially with inflation at the rate that it's going. But, um, uh, but from a technical perspective, I mean, it's in intermediate term, it's in a downtrend. Long term, we're still uh, kind of in an uptrend. But, um, on the short term, I mean, you can see here the lower highs, lower lows. This is trending lower. Uh, but if it gets a catalyst, it could pop up. So if you're in around 25, then yeah, if it breaks below 22, then that's not good. That would be bearish. Um, but right now, I mean, it looks like there's there's a possibility for it to pop up to the upside. Okay. So I'll take that. But yeah, it's uh, I mean that the 25 dollar level is a or 24.20 whatever that is right around that area. It's a good support level, so it wasn't a, a bad move. There is, a, well. I don't consider that inverted head and shoulders just too small for me. I don't like the little ones, especially really small ones, but which is a little bit of a reversal signal, but so just figure out where you want to get out of it. At what point do you want to get out and decide it's probably not going to go in your favor? That's yeah. always well, my question. I, I, what I should do, I should probably do it right now, actually, before I forget, because I will forget is I probably should just throw a stop loss out there of, um, I don't know, 15%. 10%, 15%, something like that. Um, just to be safe, because I will forget. What about uh, let's do uh let's do a couple more with Tony. Let's do um uh who mentioned I want to mention make sure that I think more, more than one person mentioned was it uh, I'm scrolling <laughs> I'm scrolling up in the chat right now. Uh another point I'll make on Callaway real quick before I move on is that yeah. pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Callaway was trading at let's see, uh, twenty two dollars a share. It's currently at twenty four dollars a share, so it's like a two percent increase, less than ten percent increase. Okay. In that time through COVID, we we saw a huge boom in golf. Like I don't think that that's reflective of how much golf has grown throughout the COVID pandemic. Just probably look at what the earnings were yesterday. Not great. I mean, the stock's trading down like five percent today, so. All right. Uh, well, let's yeah. do one more. Let's look at Al- Alcoa. Let's look at some steel steel names here. AA. Oh, this one kills me, kind of. <laughs> this is one about the stock. Not only did I buy the stock, but I bought it in my kid's account back at like four bucks. Actually, I sold puts to acquire the stock at five bucks. Oh, oh wow. So my cost basis was like 450 That was at the very bottom. And uh, sold out of them at, I think I got a double out of them at like eight bucks. So now I sit and look at this go, <laughs> you know. But I just hung on to it for a year and have you know, seven grand in their accounts. So and they just, have, I just opened up. I, I, I also had a couple of those. And in this scenario, I was a child. Um, thanks dad for, uh, <laughs> buying a Hovnanian resources for me. I huh. appreciate that. You don't even know what that is. Exactly. Um, all right. Anyway, Alcoa. Yeah. This was just been on a tear. This is, this has always been one of my favorites. Um, especially to trade puts on me or, or anything calls or puts. Um, at least it used to be when it was trading, you know, in the 20, $30 range, 
the options were a buck. It's very liquid. They're very easy to get in and out of. The spreads are small. There's lots of open interest. Um, so it's very favorable, um, especially if you want to trade small stuff, which in my kids' accounts, I just started a year and a half ago. I didn't, I just threw a thousand bucks in there. So Alcoa has been a favorite to trade. Um, yeah, we're breaking out the highs, but we're not all time highs. I was looking at this yesterday, actually, and we've still got quite a ways we could go. The question is, will we go back to that 12130 level? And it certainly looks like it wants to. I mean, tremendous amount of momentum, which I think part of it's the inflation. Metals are increasing, commodities. The only thing, I mean, actually, there was a beautiful Harami pattern. If you take off that last candle, nice run, a little Harami pattern. That So I was looking forward to actually, and I would expect this thing to slow down and probably go sideways a little bit, just like we did here. Ran, ran from 44 to 58, then it went sideways for a month before it took off again. So um, I'd be looking for some kind of flag pattern to develop here. Just a small little a small little range that it stays tied in for a few days, maybe a couple weeks. And then if it breaks north, then I'd be I'd be getting bullish on it. I buy calls. That's somebody asked about. So yeah, if I'm bullish on something, I buy calls. I'm just not there's not a whole lot I'm bullish on right now. So I think overall, I mean, I'm pretty bearish on the overall market, just in general. So I don't look for I mean, if, if a bullish trade shows up and it appears, then I'll take advantage of it. So, All right. Uh, let's do a couple more quick. Let's do Peloton and we'll do Lucid. PTON. This should be interesting. Actually, Peloton's holding on to those gains. Oh, not today. Yeah, it's down a little bit today. But, you know, I'm just going to kill all these, get rid of all of it. Just start fresh. Not eat fresh, start fresh. Um, just looking for major points now, and there's not a lot here. I mean, historically, it, obviously, you can see the volatility. This is, and this is a weekly chart, but still, these moves are. I mean, a lot of times in these bigger charts, you'll see little glitches, and these things just tank. It just moves super fast, which is good if you're on the right side. If you're on the wrong side, it's painful. <laughs> so, nice little triple bottom formed out there. About 25. Question becomes, what will hold this level? I, I would expect it to come down. And if this is where fundamentals could come into play, which I don't really do, but I don't, what is the company worth fundamentally? I mean, is there a valuation that you could put on it? Um, from a technical perspective, it looks awful. But I would maybe, if I was, you know, a short-term trade, pick something up at 25. If you're bullish on it, if you think it's going higher. But I wouldn't buy it unless it built a nice little base right there about 25 and held it. That's me. All right, 25. So. And then Lucid, last one, Lucid, LCID. LCID, Lucid. That's another electric, right? These guys just opened a, I don't know if it's open yet. They just built a dealership in South Seattle. I was driving by it a couple of weeks ago. It looks nice. The the dealership or the, or the chart? The dealership. Both. Oh, 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 that's not what I thought he was. <laughs> Sorry, should have been clear. The chart's not bad. It's not awful. Oh, man. Um, but this is one thing, and this is a hard this is a hard pattern to trade, but it's a good good pattern to know that it's there. It's a broadening pattern. Some people call it a megaphone, which is just why. an indication of volatility. And the swings are getting bigger and bigger as it goes. And volatility 
use swings like this typically show the end of a trend, end of an uptrend typically. So uh, based on that, I would say Lucid is probably going to head lower, but we've also got, we're sitting here at this 125 level is a pretty solid support level, but it's also broken here too. So if it gets back below 125, then I would be bearish on it too. I don't know what the next level is down here. The next major level is about 107. So, but these are the broad patterns are really hard to to trade because there's the swings are so big. So I always look for something else. So in this case, you've got that. Like I said, it's pretty solid support there, about 125. So anything below that, bearish. Actually, I'm glad. Who brought this up? Was that Money Mitch I saw? No, I don't know. I'm not. Somebody did. I know. I know somebody <laughs> saw it. Yeah, there it is. Um, yeah. No, I'll be looking. Uh, I'll be looking at puts on this. Awesome. Now Beautiful. I'm getting cranky on Microsoft. It's headed back down. I had my stop too tight. So it's all good. I've been cranky all day anyway. Nothing to do with the market. Tony Benson, patterns in a flash. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Uh, have fun watching the the big game. All right. Thank you. Take care, guys. All righty. See you next week, um, Tony. Or maybe following week. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, it is one thirty-one. Oh, sorry, Francis. Shoot. I'm, I apologize. All right, Francis. We'll come back in two weeks, and we can ask Tony about Cloudflare. How about that? Uh, N-E-T. Wait, uh, I, yeah. What's up? I, I got an ask to the audience, because I, I, I have a new stock I've been looking at, um, but I want to do some quick sentiment uh, gauging right now. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Put a one in the chat. If you wear eyeglasses. You're trying to buy Warby Parker? Yeah. Why? I might. I might. I don't know. I mean, I don't wear glasses. I don't know how popular Warby Parker is. One in the chat if you wear glasses? Okay. And one. then the subsequent question was, like, do you one or two if you have an opinion on uh, on Warby Parker? Like the brand? Yeah. Like, do you have you ever had a pair of Warby Parker glasses? These are Warby Parker glasses. Uh, do you like them? They're, they're, yeah. It, it, I, I had a bit of a bumpy road. The first couple months, I had they were sliding a lot. Okay, I couldn't quite get them adjusted. The way, I guess I have a weird shaped face, but uh, I've had them for. I got them in August of twenty uh, twenty, August of twenty twenty. I got these, so it's been about a year and a half. And um, yeah, I like them. That does not mean I like the business. But so I'll... Warby Parker IPO'd uh, September twenty twenty one. So it's only been on the on the stock market for about six months or so but was hanging around 60 50 bucks for for its first couple months on the market and has since crashed all the way down to yes. uh, got as low as 30 dollars, and then at 30 it got some buyers and came back up to about uh about 38 and, and is now trading off that 38 level and this was one that i that i saw when i was looking at at insider buys um and warby parker had a lot of of insiders buying the stock down here at $30. And so it got my attention uh, to the stock and I've been looking at it and I've been looking um, at the company's business model, at their cash flow. And, and I think it does look interesting down here. And again, I don't, I don't know too much about this industry or company specifically, because again, I don't, I don't wear glasses, but um, that's why I'm really curious about It's like for the people out there that do wear glasses, do you see uh, like what's, what's the view of Warby Parker? Good glasses, bad glasses, yeah, good. Over, overpriced. Um, my so my personal experience was that the entire 
uh, buying process. Actually, it was more than that because I also got an, I got an eye exam and uh, I bought these fr- these frames, and the entire process was shockingly easy, like shockingly easy. Uh, they they were very good. I mean, they're 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 dig- digital first, right? They were very technology minded. So I I was getting emails and text messages and everything. It was a very clean experience. I think what I would do if I were you, Aaron, is rather than look at Warby Parker, I understand you're you're looking at that because you saw some insider buys and and it's not whatever. But like, I don't know how like the 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 entire direct to consumer business is 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 a great business model in a lot of ways but the stock market does not appear to think that at this time there are many many d to c direct to consumer companies out there that are public that are having a bad time uh casper just got bought out and there are direct to consumer mattresses uh i'm thinking about um uh stitch fix right? Direct-to-consumer uh, wardrobe. I'm thinking about Warby Parker. Uh, who else, chat? Uh, who else? Some other, what are some other D2C companies out there that um, are just... I, I think it might... It may be... You, you may be better off, like, doing something... Like, but is Warby Parker strictly direct-to-consumer? I thought they... I thought you could buy Warby Parker glasses in, like, other glass stores. Maybe not. You can, but it, it's primarily. Uh, I think it's that's their primary, primary primarily uh, direct to consumer. I, I would Google some like direct to consumer stocks. Oh no, I, I don't even and, need and, you to and know. And like, and like, I, I just like, I'm just not sure how the stock market. It's, they're clearly not rating them very highly right now. So I, I, I business the, the experience is great, the product is good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the stock has to go higher so i i'm highly skeptical of of any disruptory retail store like this which is basically what i mean it's not retail but i don't know specialty retail i don't know what you call it but they do um, have brick and mortar stores yeah they have Uh, one right here they have one yeah on woodward where we're at in detroit and i think they're they're looking to open more so i i haven't done like my full dd on this i've kind of skimmed through its investor deck like i said what got me interested in the stock was seeing um, the, the insider buys down here at about $30. And, and just from a valuation standpoint, I mean, at one point, the market was, was pricing it at, as a $50, $55, $60 stock, and now it's only at $30. So um, I, I think there's some value there. I, again, I'll have to, I'm going to do some more DD on this over the weekend to see um, if, I, if I still like this play. And if I do, what the conviction is there to see, like, on a scale from one to 10, this is a, a 10 yeah. for me versus a, uh, this is like a three for me. So um, I, I, again, I, not just something that caught my eye and i want right. to i want to do some more uh sentiment gauging because if if everyone is you know everyone who wears glasses says well Warby parker is the best person to buy glasses from then like okay that's something that i, I want to consider as an investor fair enough all right i don't know where our next guest is so in the meantime let's do a quick crypto update look at the heat map how are we doing out there in crypto land let's find out <laughs> Ouch, 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 ouch. Not what you want to see right across the board. Bitcoin down almost 4%. ETH down almost 4%. Binance coin down over 3%. Solano. Uh, hey, hey, relative strength in Doge and Sheep today. 
That's fun. I saw a thing. Dude, I got served an ad yesterday for Near Protocol. Did you actually? On Reddit. Maybe we've been we've been talking about it too much. How? It was on my on my phone. I don't know. Maybe because your phone's sitting there while we talk about it. So they're listening. It, it was I was on the Reddit app on my phone and it got served an ad for Near Protocol. What's that no, about? They're 100% listening. Like this is a fact. Says the guy in my ear. Yeah. Just like I am. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Um, anyway, crypto in the red. I'm sticking with my thing. I'm buying a little more every month, a little more every month, a little more every month. Not doing anything other than that. This segment is brought to you by Voyager. If you want some free Bitcoin, it is so easy to get. Just go to the Voyager app, create an account, use the offer code Zing when you sign up. Fund your account with at least $100. Make a trade, just one trade, and they will send you $50 for free. Do it. Do it, as they would say. All right. Our last guest of the week is uh, backstage. Uh, it's, it's been a long time since we've spoken to, to this guy. Alex Cole, he runs Go No Go Charts. Uh, and I said this off the top earlier. He The guy like like writes the curriculum like the CMT curriculum or a part of that. I don't know. We'll get him to clarify what he helped write uh, or didn't write. But let's give him the special intro. Let's bring Alex Cole on Benzinga. Alex Cole, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, I'm I'm fine. I, I'm fine. How did I did I butcher it at all? Uh, I know you wrote the curriculum um, for the Wiley something or another. I, I know I butchered it. No, close enough. I, I'm the uh, SME enough. for the SME for the uh, Wiley CMT prep course. So I do okay. the CMT, but I created the content for preparing potential CMT candidates. Ah, Money Mitch, if you're still in the chat, I think he is. You're probably reading some of Alex's work right now, because I, I, he's studying for the CMT. So I'd imagine he's yeah, reading your possible work. about 120 uh, video lectures as well. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, before we go any further, what kind of guitar is that? Uh, this is a Gibson SG. There we go. Yeah. Um, okay. Can you share your charts for us, please? And there's yeah. that little button in the middle. You can like share charts, yeah. and um, and I want to see what you're looking at here. And but while he's doing that, though. Um, yeah, something did just happen. Hold on. Did something just happen out there? I, I just saw Apple making a new low of the day. Um, something happened. <clears throat> no? I mean, yeah, we're falling out of bed here. Not, I don't know, falling out of bed is a strong, I don't know, maybe it isn't, but did, did something just happen? We had a huge volume spike in the last minute, two minutes. Uh, I see a headline. The U.S. believes Russian President Vladimir Putin has decided to invade Ukraine and communicated oh, wow. those plans to the Russian oh, military. that's fun. That's fantastic. Uh, should we go buy some Lockheed Martin Raytheon? <laughs> Probably higher, right? Let's let's take a look. LMT. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very good instinct. Very good instinct. Hey, there's always buying opportunities. Whatever's going on, there's always buying opportunities. Raytheon RTX up. Uh, oh no, RTX is not up, but Lockheed is. Uh, yeah. There's LMT right there. You can see that leg up right on that headline. Yeah. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm taking it or leave it. I'm leaving it. I don't. I don't I'll worry. I'll worry about it when it, when when I get my name called to the draft. <laughs> Till then, I'm not worried about it. I thought there goes my thesis that everyone was going to be nice while the the Olympics are going on. I guess that goes out the window now. But whatever. Uh, let's bring Alex's charts up on the screen. Here they are. Uh, all right, we we've got Bitcoin up right here. Any specific reason why we're looking at Bitcoin? Uh, no, not particularly other than, well, yes, of course, but uh, we just entered a go trend. So Bitcoin has been in a, in a no-go for you know a, a while now. And um, over the last th- two or three bars, we've seen all of the trend conditions combined to, uh, to let us know that the trend conditions are favorable. And it's entered a go trend for the first time since these highs back at the end of last year. So that was that was something that's been pretty interesting um, uh, that we've been sort of pulling out in research over the last uh, week okay. or so. Okay, explain that concept. I think people may may not be familiar with. I know some people in this chat are familiar, but some some people are not uh, with the go no go. Yeah. Uh, um, thought process. Sure. So what we did was we we wanted to take um, you know several of the concepts that had. Uh, sort of proven themselves over my time working uh, in more institutional finance uh, and blended into one chart so that you could still uh, hopefully do your traditional technical analysis, looking at supply and demand, market dynamics, that kind of thing, pattern analysis, but get a real sense of the overall technical picture still by color coding. Uh, And also, you know, a, a big goal or uh, the effect of that is to remove some analysis paralysis. We've all seen charts. I was guilty mm-hmm. of it myself for a long, long time of putting so many things that I thought had value onto a chart, but then rendering that chart almost impossible to read because just too much going on and then you can't see price anymore. Um, and of course, we like to keep price the focus. So that was sort of the the reasoning behind creating a chart that hopefully remains relatively simple and easy to read, but that puts the complete technical picture together for for me and for clients okay so how do we read this here so the uh the go no go trend indicator is what paints the bars in the price panel and that will flow from blue colors um the strongest blue is the strongest go trend the weaker blue uh the aqua color showing some kind of weakness and then as it goes into a no go trend we see the pinks and the purples uh, the purple being the strongest of the no-go trend, uh, meaning that all of the conditions in the indicators or the, all the different concepts that are in there, um, all telling us that the trend is at its most bearish when it's purple. And then we also have these amber bars that you might see here over the right of the chart. And we call those the go fish bars because of Jesse Livermore. If anybody's on the line that's read about Jesse Livermore, he said there was a time to go long, time to go short, and a time to go fishing. So those are our sort of directionless color where uh, the market's trying to make up its mind. You often see those as a bridge, as you might expect, between trend colors. And so what, the low- what is what is in these those, those indicators, though? I mean, like, well, like, it's what- a proprietary blend, but it's, it's all of these sort of um, it's the things that over the years uh, have been sort of the most used in our space. So there's nothing uh, out of left field like moon phases or anything in there it's going to be the indicators that you see most often and things that you've used most often and you see on the charts of most technicians alex who did you pay in our chat to say uh alex cole is like the elon musk of technical analysis who did, who did I, think you pay? I, can't see, I can't see the chat but they, um well thank you <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so wait, let's go back to the chart here. So the Bitcoin uh, price action, it just came out of the strongest no-go yeah, indicator. Yeah. yeah, we got our no-goes about um, uh, just around sort of 60,000 here towards the end of this consolidation. Um, and then we've obviously been in a no-go on Bitcoin all the way down to the 30, 32,000 area. Um, and, and, you know, uh, we saw a strong rally for a couple of weeks and it was enough to push us into the amber bars and then the, the weakest of the go form. So we're looking at a new go trend and we're going to wait and see if it can maintain these colors and be, become a bit more established. The other point uh, to mention with the, with the panel on the bottom was to take the same ideas of blending, uh, multiple important. Uh, indicators in this case momentum into one that could give us the whole picture um, but keep us focused on the price and so when you see the panel along the bottom the sort of important thing to note is that when we're at the zero line that's going to tell us that all of the uh, all of the inputs to our oscillator are in neutral territory so what you see a lot during a strong trend is the oscillator, let's say, if it's a no-go, should spend most of its time below the zero line. So we get an objective level that can be used there as support and resistance. And if it breaks above the zero line when in a no-go, like it did here in the middle, that was a, a cause for concern for us, but the trend colors never changed. This time we came up to the zero line, we were expecting it to be resistance again here. Uh, and it would be, you know, it should be, if the no-go is healthy, you wouldn't expect excessive buying in a downtrend. And that's what it would be telling us. And so when we saw this significant break uh, above the zero line happening and then the go trend colors uh, changing, then that sort of everything now is pointing towards uh, momentum being on, on the side of the go trend. And then the next step would be to watch to make sure that the zero line now holds as support. So that's a really quick, uh, hopefully I didn't talk too fast, but that's sort wait, of the overview. Wait, which of those is the leader and which is the the laggard, the lag well, indicator? So the, the, the go no go trend indicator is a trending indicator. So that's going to lag uh, just like any kind of trend identification tool. You need to see enough of a movement in a certain direction to be able to say I, I can identify a trend change. The momentum piece is this lower panel. So that's going to lead uh, just like you'd expect something like RSI or um you know, any of those momentum indicators will lead the market. So when you get this change in momentum breaking to the uh, positive side of the zero line, in this case, that leads then the change or the reversal in, in price trend. Um, so just as you'd expect, a momentum indicator is going to lead and the trend indicator is going to lag slightly. You're never going to find, you know, we're not bottom pickers, if when, especially when you're working with long-term yeah. institutional uh, money managers and such like that. It's not about finding the, the tops and the bottoms, but about trying to find the big moves and making your your uh, bets on the side of the trend. Got it. Uh, all right. So, yeah, you you brought Bitcoin up, but what what else is on your radar here? What what other well, charts? You know, are, okay, I, I would well, like to see some instances of 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 a trend change. Um, well, what have you have been any. talking about? Have you been talking about anything you'd like to see specifically? We've been doing um, a lot on on just sort of the volatility of the overall market. So well, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, what? can you can you pull up, pull up the spy or the cues? I don't yeah, care yeah. which one. Yeah. Let's just take uh, a so, look see here. Yeah. So so this is um, the daily chart of the S SPY. Um, I was talking to um, some on uh, some people last week about the importance of this sort of forty five fifty level. Um, we had some trend lines drawn on here. 
Um, and we kind of came right up to it and tested it a couple of times, even a little bit higher, but have sort of been turned away from these levels. So this is something that we've been we've been looking at a lot with clients is just where the market's headed. Um, the no-go came in uh, obviously mid-January and we have been rallying sort of a no-go counter trend rally into the pinker weaker bars and then we've rolled over again but uh, this is a this is an interesting bit here because that shouldn't have happened if this no-go trend was going to roll over uh, this should have been resistance and it would have gone back into negative territory so we're looking at this as a bit of a uh, conflict we're, we're going to see what happens here if this goes right back to the zero and then below then we'll expect another leg lower in price um, if this can go, you know, clearly into positive territory, that's a good sign. Maybe this is putting in a sort of a swing low, you know, but we'll we'll have to wait and see on that. Does does the Q's look the same as that? I, I'd imagine it does. Yeah, Q's is very similar. Um, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's tough out there. What can I say, guys? It's tough. You no, know, if you want to, this I mean, is if, you, if you're looking for something that has been working, we've been we've been. Um, it's all about the cyclical sectors. So getting into things like uh, oil or energy, the XLE or, or anything like that, this is where over the last yeah. couple of months, um, there's been a lot of rotation with um, sort of institutional clients into into sort of the cyclical sectors, financials, energy. Uh, that's where the money, that's where things have been working. So we've, uh, we've been looking at those sectors a lot. Uh, where can we get, where can one get these charts? B and Z and B in the, in the chat. Um, well, we have a website, go no charts.com. We're, we're on, um, trading view, uh, stock charts, wealth charts, meta stock. Um, so there's options uh, across different platforms. We're, we're adding platforms, um, hopefully as quickly as we can. Um, but the options you can, you can find, and you can always reach out info at go no charts.com. If you, you have any questions, we're, Always happy to we, help. We, we should get these on Benzinga Pro. I mean, we use TradingView for our yeah. charts in Benzinga Pro, but does that mean we have – I don't know. I'm, no, that, but it probably means it would be easy to implement um, given yeah. that. Yeah, all right. We'll just, we'll just, I, uh, we'll you know, these are TradingView charts here. You, we'll you have to talk about that. We'll talk about that offline. Yeah, uh, let's go and negotiate right now. This was this was the Lockheed Martin chart that you were just uh, – this is the daily. I, I heard you guys talking about that. So Yeah, yeah. That's Lockheed well, Martin right there on, on TradingView. All right, so you should have bought this thing in the end of the end of the year, and that's that. Um, <laughs> hindsight, twenty twenty. Uh, same thing. Same thing applies as as when we had Tony on about an hour ago. If you have any questions um, for Alex, you want him to look at your uh, stock that you own or stock that you're eyeing or whatever, drop him in the chat, and 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 he'll just fire away here. But um. Big fan of these charts because I, I, I'm a very visual person and uh, I like colors, right? So colors make it easy. To yeah. It's very simple. Like the best charts are the charts where you look at it and you know in one second what to think, right? And the colors do the they do the work for you. So for me, so. For me it was a sort of a personal thing that I needed to I needed because I would talk to people in any industry in any role you could be talking to an oil trader trading five minute charts or you could be talking to you know a long only mutual fund guy so having a, an overall technical perspective quickly was very important to me and that's where it sort of came from right i I'm, i have to go back into my scanner right now because things things are popping off right now um oh man what's going on i'm seeing i'm seeing a lot of just movement Market it seems like it's digesting that 
that Russia headline. Uh, the, you know, we talked about the market or the overall market already, but if you you can look at like gold, GLD yeah. or gold, for example, right? I mean, yeah. Um, just huge spike and yeah. off the off the highs now. Uh, TLT had a wicked spike off that, just absolutely wicked spike. It's giving back those gains. Oh boy, um, everything else is pretty weak. No, <laughs> yeah. something. I mean, we, we try to to look across yeah. um, across, like you said. There's always a was it who somebody was saying there's always a bull market somewhere, right? So, yeah, well, um, that's well, that's yeah. what you. We we we'll do a lot of oh what is that? We do a lot of maps work work with um, applying the go no go trend concepts to uh, panels so that you you know forget price action just look at the pure trends. We do it on a relative strength basis as well as just asset classes. And so you know you're looking here at equities, treasuries, commodities, the dollar, and 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 you can sort of see where the major trends trends are so it's interesting that you were just bringing up gold commodities have been outperforming for a while and gold has not been such a friend to everybody but maybe this is maybe this is gold's time um and then the other the other thing we do is relative strength map so this is uh this is an example of applying the go no go concepts to relative strength ratios to get a sense of where the markets are headed in terms of uh, rotation um, into you know value versus growth cyclical sectors and you, you get you can see from these maps that we've been in go trends across the defensive sectors for some time like staples energy financials and our, our uh, what, what everybody likes to talk about technology has been in a no-go uh, communications wait, wait, in no -go. Wait, technology what is that is that the third the third from the bottom which one is technology uh, technology is uh, the fourth one. one fourth okay so can you can we can you go back to the orange there uh yeah the on, on the technology bar the orange so w when is that that was january oh, that was in january 5th. january 5th yeah oh i thought this is going back a lot further than that well it depends on how you look at it if you want to look you know you can you could pull this up as a weekly chart these are these the, the bars are just daily bars here oh oh, oh oh it's corresponding i see yeah, 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 i yeah. see okay you could put it up on a weekly chart and see uh uh, can you can you i, I, yeah, I yeah. want to go back to, i want to go back 52 weeks because uh, i i, I want to see uh i i would just be curious to see what the 52 week version of that looks like yeah this this is the weekly well 52 week on a daily is different from a weekly chart this is a weekly chart um and okay. you can sort of see the slower trend changes technology on a weekly basis still in a trend but if you want to just look at whoa wait daily, a minute this is daily. on the weekly how can that be now alex how can that be? How can there be such a discrepancy? I'm I'm looking at the fourth bar from the bottom. It's, it says XLK right there, guys, yeah. and you can see, you can see the purple, which which Alex said before is, indicates no go. Yeah, the, this the, is the daily. Yep. Right. This is a daily, and you can see we kind of flipped from the the, the blue and the teal, mm -hmm. and when the calendar turned, we went from blue teal to purple. Uh, this is on a daily. Oh, this is a teal. Oh, you're looking at TLT. No, 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 no. This is no, no. okay. I, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, price panel so, is, is, is so, you know, okay. So, so how can the weekly and the daily look so different? At different uh, periodicities, it's the same as looking at. Um, here, look, I'll I'll pull it up on a on a price chart for you. Look, the it's the same as looking at let's say the S and P on a weekly versus a daily. So this is the XLK on a daily, right? Right. Fast, much faster moving. The the weekly is still in a long. Oops, that's the wrong one. We're still looking at long-term trends. But, but I, I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, if you look at this is 
I, I did not realize this. Yeah. I mean, if you look at and if you just draw sort of a trend line on here, you can see where we sort of bounced off a long term trend line. Wait a minute. Um, but this is this is concerning on a, even on a weekly. You see how the oscillators found support at zero over and over and over again. We're, we're struggling even on the weekly now uh, with the oscillator below zero um, and then the weakness in the aqua bars on the weekly. Wow. But it's been a it's been a phenomenal uh, almost two years. This is the tr this is the long term yeah. trend. Um, if you can, you know, we're we are where we are. So, um, but you can, you know, they all it all depends on what periodicity and what your risk horizon is, and you know, um, you can go down to a five minute chart. You know, same same ideas apply, but different picture. All right, we got to wrap it up. Alex Cole, Go No Go charts. Check it out on uh, the website gonogo.com, right? Or gonna go no charts.com, yeah. And uh, find him uh, stock charts, trading view, and uh, maybe one day soon Benzinger Pro. Alex, yeah. uh, a, a pleasure to chat with you. It's been too long. Yeah, anytime. Have a great, have a great weekend. Thank you, sir. See you soon. All right. All right, AB, that's a wrap. We made it through. We made it through the show. We powered through on a day where the Gremlins. Are... That was loud as heck. We needed uh, it. We need. We need a little pick me up. Uh, uh, of course, <laughs> off this news out in Russia again. I, I don't know. I, it's, it seems like one of those. Things. Sell the news. Sell the news. Is, is It just seems like one of those things that, that you know, this can be fun for the for mainstream media to pick up and run with all weekend. But I don't, I don't think so. So there's war in Ukraine. There's a Super Bowl, and then there's Valentine's Day. Yeah, but how? What a I, 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 and I'm, what I'm going to research as soon as we get off this show is is what this means, what all the implications are for the oil and natural gas markets. That, that seems to be what's moving the most right now. So. Um, that's gonna be my homework this weekend. Figure out how how the Ukraine Russia conflict um, impacts and what implications that will have for the oil and gas industry, natural gas. Um, All right. Yeah. Other than that, smash the like button, please. If you are in Ukraine or anywhere in that part of the world, please, please, please be safe. I know we have a very global audience. We got to hop though, because Moon or Boss is doing uh, their last show of the week live right now, and then they're gonna also preview. Next week, the guys are going to be at the ETH Denver conference. Do you guys know about this? ETH Denver, uh, Logan and Ryan are going to be there. If you're going to be there as well, hit them up. But uh, Moon or Bus going live right now. Everyone hit that like button. We'll catch you guys later. And uh, go Ram Angles. Angles. Ram, Ram, Ram Angles. Ram Angles. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.